Bran saw her face. Her eyes were closed and her mouth was open, moaning. Her golden hair swung from side to side as her head moved back and forth. But still, he recognized the queen. He must have made a noise. Suddenly her eyes opened and she was staring right at him. She screamed! Everything happened at once then. The woman pushed the man away wildly, shouting and pointing. Bran tried to pull himself up, bending double as he reached up for the gargoyle. He was in too much of a hurry. His hands scraped uselessly across smooth stone, and in his panic his legs slipped, and suddenly he was falling. There was an instant of vertigo, a sickening lurch as the window flashed past. He shot at a hand, grabbed for the ledge, lost it, caught it again with his other hand. He swung against the building, <clears throat> hard. The impact took the breath out of him. Bran dangled, one-handed, panting. Faces appeared in the window above him. The queen. And now Bran recognized the man beside her. They looked as much alike as reflections in a mirror. He saw us, the woman said shrilly. So he did, Bran said. Bran's fingers started to slip. He grabbed the ledge with his other hand. Fingernails dug deep into unyielding stone. The man reached down. Take my hand, he said. Before you fall. Bran seized his arm and held on tight with all his strength. The man yanked him up to the ledge. What are you doing? The woman demanded. The man ignored her. He was very strong. He stood Bran up on the sill. How old are you, boy? Seven, Bran said, shaking with relief. His fingers had dug deep gouges into the man's forearm. He let go, sheepishly. The man looked over at the woman. If you long to live till eight, you will forget what you saw here. The man leaned in closer, gripping Bran with both strong hands by the shoulders and squeezing hard as he looked at him. If you want your brothers and sisters to see their next birthdays as well, if you share what you saw or heard here today, I will kill every single one of them while they sleep. I won't hesitate. Now go. The man with the golden mane nudged Bran toward the window, nodding grimly. Bran disappeared out the window and started his nervous and panicked climb down the first peak. The man's words repeating in his mind. I won't say a thing, Bran said. I won't say a thing, he repeated, tears streaming down his face. Welcome everyone to Domless Fingers episode 103! What if Jamie hadn't pushed Bran? I'm Scatty, and with me, as always, is my buddy, Matt. Hey, everybody, and welcome to our final what if episode Oof. that will, well, the final what if episode that will be released publicly. Um, we're going to be continuing this series of what if episodes semi-regularly through our Patreon offerings, and we're really excited for it. So Very. for this one, thanks to at uh, Doncat Superhero on Twitter for this recommendation. I think we might have had Scott a couple other people recommend yeah, this one at, uh, at points as well. So this was the one everyone. I remembered. Sorry. Right. Uh, uh, tonight's going to be a doozy for sure. Yeah, they will. I'm a little bit sad that we're leaving the what if what if episode behind. But uh, what, Matt, do you want to fill everyone in on what we're doing in its place? Yeah, yeah. we're retiring. Nah, just yeah, joking. Thank God. <laughs> Never. You guys have been way too much. <laughs> we just want to sit out on our front porch together. 
together. Sweet tea. In times of COVID, how big is your bench, man? Um, we've got enough for social distancing. Or we'll just we're just gonna be alone, curmudgeon-y old people anyways. We'll just wallow in each other's COVID. It'll be fine. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> So our format is changing next, uh, starting next episode, and it's going to be really fun. What we're doing is we're asking our good friend, very good friend, and one of our longest tenured blood riders. She's been around forever. Yeah, Misa, our queen of gifts and beauty. If you've you've seen her on Twitter, if you're on Twitter, um, she's going to be joining us as a special guest. She's going to tell us how she came to Song of Ice and Fire. We're going to hear a little bit more about her story. And we are going to cover, analyze, do the Davos Fingers thing to her favorite chapter in depth. She's down to two of them at this point in the night that we're recording. Two Uh, iconic ones. Two very, very good ones. Um, And so she'll decide and you'll hear it. I'll I'll say this. just Just a hint. Fire and snow. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? Is that a good hint? That's fine. Man, I, I just, I want to just add, this is Matt's note, but I just want to add, I'm really excited. Misa has been, you guys have, you probably on Twitter at least, all know her. She's around everywhere, but she's a bit of an enigma, I think, I think, in like the fandom. She posts like clever gifts and she comments and likes lots of stuff and she's friendly with everybody, but I don't think she's ever appeared anywhere or like, I'm really excited just to talk to her as a friend because... As long as we've known her, we haven't talked with her, right? I'm really excited. And that's what we're going to be doing for these future episodes, not just with Misa, but going forward, we're going to be bringing on special guests, our friends, whether they are these big, well-known names in the fandom or whether they're people that are just our friends (laughs) to us are just as big, even if they don't have a podcast or a blog or something like that. Um, but are just as big of fans as the next person. Um, we're excited to to have people on, and we'll be doing that going forward, bringing on a special guest per episode and learning their story and analyzing one of their chap- favorite chapters in A Song of Ice and Fire. And we might bring along some of those people, too, that have blogs and podcasts and saying. stuff. Yeah, it just go both ways. No discrimination here. Yep. Equal opportunity employer. Uh, so... We mentioned that the what episodes are maybe are not ending, right? And they're going to go to Patreon. Uh, we're revamping our whole Patreon plan, uh, including a you know it's a fleshed out schedule that we've Matt and I have done more planning maybe than ever in our podcast history because we we uh you know fly by the seat of our pants a bit, fly by night away from here. Mm-hmm. That's a rush lyric, Matt. Um, best bassist S- ever. You're a big bassist fan. You Scad with be a one bigger... and. Uh... Matt was zero so far on the song lyrics. <laughs> That's not common. I'm just saying, Matt, you should be a bigger Rush fan. They've got a great bassist. I'm I, I'm a respecter of Rush. Oh, I looked at I look at Rush like I do with Led Zeppelin, and you know how I feel about Led oh. Zeppelin. Respect the heck out of them. But Queen uh, two, you're over three know, tonight man. with me, man. We're we're on the ass. That's okay. Uh, anyway, the what if episodes are going to end up on Patreon. Uh, we're going to continue, of course, with the Films Get Fingered episodes. We delivered Chasing Amy just uh, earlier this week. Uh, awesome. We also are very excited. We're going to be covering I Am Mercury by Grant Piercy, uh, blood rider and all-around good guy. That is, if you don't know, it's a nine-novella series following investigative reporters as they unravel a mystery that goes far beyond the prison riot 
that that the story starts out with and Mm -hmm. to be honest i'm not all the way through it yet so i'm hesitant to say more because i could be wrong but uh (laughs) i'm excited to finish it i've read the first three i think by now and i'm excited to get through all of it uh but whether you're a patron or not uh i hope you are and you want to join us for these adventures with grant and also with films get fingered and also with our continuing what episodes but if you aren't even if you aren't go grab the omnibus uh, on amazon uh, for Kindle or Barnes and Noble on Nook or iBooks or Smashwords, Grant says. I don't I don't know what those things are, but but Grant says they're available on all those formats. So go check that out, whether you're following this or not. So another thing that we're also going to be doing later in the year, although it's already getting to later in the year, is uh, we'll be also on Patreon releasing a Davos Fingers Best of Volume One. So this is where we are going to comb through our first 10 episodes and pull out our favorite moments, whether they be laugh-tastic, whether they be super serious, or whether we covered something that looking back we go, darn, we did an okay job covering that. Um, We're going to compile all those into one special episode called Davos Fingers Best of Volume 1. We're super original that way. And uh, that'll be out in December. So along with the... um, with with I am Mercury, with the films get fingered, with uh, with the what episodes, we'll also be doing stuff like that, kind of on a rotating monthly basis. We'll have a new episode on Patreon every month. Yeah, that's right. And I, I'm I'm already proposing a new name: Monsters of Davos, channeling the monsters of rock albums yeah. that you used to see like late night on TV. It's like mm-hmm. you know you got like one song from Twisted Sister, you know. Yeah. On, anyway, on twenty four discs. Just because we're lazy and we think you should probably hear our voices again on the original episodes, we're going to cut, trim out some of the fat where we weren't as good and give you some of the stuff where we were great yeah. and, and trim it down. Along with our modern day commentary on those, yes. on those bits. So. We'll, add some, we'll add some bits and bobs to comment on those bits and bobs. Yep, it'll be fun. All right, what else we got? Uh, so what else do we have? So... <laughs> This is where we move to our recommendations oh, portion man. of the announcement. This is a we funny done, story. We haven't done Rex in a while. Uh, I need to admit to the Kalisar that Matt, yes, this Matt, finally is into and enjoying watching the Clone Wars. Oh, and you have all you have to owe it all to whom? I need to owe it all not to Scad, although no, he's been with me I'm every terrible. step of the way. I'm terrible. Not to my own Star Wars loving self. But to our friend Aaron Motes, Motsi, um, we, dude, he we, gave uh, the ultimate sacrifice. He really did. He he's gone hardcore. So it started like he was. I don't even remember how the conversation started, but it ended with a deal saying that if he listened to all of the Dave Matthews Band discography, I would watch a list of Clone Wars episodes that he made for me bad deal for him even i mean well i mean life is so much better now i'm not sure he agrees with you we'll weigh in with him later but (laughs) i mean just from a time perspective i like dave matthews fine don't get me wrong but just from a time perspective that was a huge investment from him versus how many episodes did he give you now 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 but let me say this i told him I said, dude, just do the studio albums. And I listed out the studio albums because Dave Matthews Band has yeah, yeah, yeah. dozens of live albums. And he he's and he ignored that. And he's just like, nope, going through them. And he's hitting live albums. He's doing everything. So, Listen, 
Aaron is, uh, he's been a part of the Kalasar for a long time. He's yes. an honorable person. He's Indeed. a bit of a weirdo. Let's be honest. <laughs> we love him, but he's a bit of a weirdo. And he is all about, <laughs> he is all about the Star Wars uh, canon in lots of places. And yep. he really wanted Matt to do this. And he's like, I'm not taking any chances. I'm going to listen to everything Dave has ever sung, every lyric, every note. Yeah. He's encyclopedic in his Star Wars knowledge. Very. It very. is so much fun to talk to him. Yeah. Um, if, you, if you want to know anything about Star Wars, reach out to him. What's his Twitter? You know it offhand? Uh, Amotes24, I think. Yeah. Motes being M-O-A-T-S. Yeah. Good dude. Good very good name. dude. Uh, so he, he gave me a list of episodes. Um, there's probably, I think there's like 38 episodes, 40 episodes, something like that. Uh, but low and, and I've never made it through season one of Clone Wars. They just, season one is so disjointed and it seems like it's just, there's yeah. no like continuous story to it really. It's just like a bunch of standalone episodes. Yeah. Very. Well, much like Parks and Rec, Matt. Kid they were still oriented. figuring it out. They were still figuring it out. And after that, man, there are episodes I'm watching of Clone Wars that I'm like, is this a kid show? Do yeah, kids, exactly. Did kids watch this? That's like, the ticket. They're talking about deregulating banks and stuff yeah. like that. I'm like, uh-huh. what in the world? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> this isn't a kid's show anymore. They knew it and wasn't. I'm deep into it. And uh, so now, like, I found myself watching more than just the the episodes that he listed. Like, oh, I got so to happy. one where it told some, it gave some background on, like, uh, I won't spoil it, for uh, about Ventress. And I was like, oh my gosh, that happened to Ventress? And so I went, went back, back and I watched like four episodes prior to the ones that he listed out for me. And so it's been great. I've been going through them and I've plus more. I'm on season uh, five now, I think. Ventress is a great character and uh, they explore her more in Dark Disciple, a novel that I read. And uh, mm-hmm. she's awesome. She's one of the Very good things cool. that came out of Clone Wars, as is Ahsoka Tano, who is... Uh, in my top three or four Star Wars characters of all time. She's so great. I just yeah. got through her uh, Jedi trial arc. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, that's, that's that. Matt's done a recommendation. It's going long here, but I'm going to just throw another one on here. Uh, the Good Place. The final season uh, is now on Netflix. I haven't finished it yet. I've watched the first couple episodes. Mm. Um, if you haven't watched it before, give it a shot. It's... Um, you have to be a little patient. The first season, to me, was a little bit slow, but the tail end of the first season is, is where they, like, flip the switch. It's almost like, you know, I'm not one of the showrunners, but it's almost like they were like, we gotta mix this shit up. Flip it. Flip it. Creative meeting in the boardroom. Flip it around. And it's a, that twist makes just turns a show in a completely different direction, and it's amazing. I recommend it to everyone. I love it. Um... I love Kristen for sure, and watch it. It's good. Cool. I'll put it back on my list. Please do. I made do. it through the first five or six episodes. Ooh. Yeah, I got to get through them. Got to get through that first season. At the end, it turns totally darker and more interesting. Right. Hey, guys, we're about to start talking about A Song of Ice and Fire. Is that what you yeah. wanted? Is that what remember you Remember that whole cold open we oh did in the beginning? Oh, my God, yeah. that cold opening. that was so amazing. you even remember that? Mm-hmm. Uh... I just want to warn you guys, everything and everything goes, anything and everything goes here. Uh, if you haven't seen Avengers Endgame yet, we're probably going to spoil that too. Like everything is off, nothing is off limits here. So right. just be ready for that. 
Yeah. And if you want to contact us for topics, uh, future episodes, just ask questions, um, davosfingers.com. Our email address is wearedavosfingers at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle, where we spend a lot of time, is at davosfingers. We're on Facebook, and you know our Patreon program too, davosfingers.com, or excuse me, patreon.com slash davosfingers. That's right. Let's get into the summary, man. Yeah, yeah. So this chapter is early in the series. So so the summary is a little bit short. Uh, Brand 2 is the second Brand chapter, as one might suspect, in the Game of Thrones. And the eighth overall chapter, if you include the prologue. So not a lot has happened yet. We're really just getting to know these characters. Yeah, we've got the whole the Starks family, the Stark family, not Tony uh, or Howard. More's pity. Yeah. The Stark family has been truded upon by six dire wolves that are growing bigger every single day. And now they have also been intruded upon by the entire royal freaking court of uh, Ned BFF and King of the Seven Kingdoms, Triple B, Robert Baratheon. Robert has dropped a bomb on Ned asking him to uh, take on the role of Hand of the King after Robert's previous king and father figure to both Ned and Triple B, John Aaron, had uh, passed away mysteriously. Under mysterious circumstances, I should say. Yeah, he doesn't just offer him a hand job. He also offers him the hand of his own son, <laughs> the heir to the throne. Uh, he offers that hand to Ned's eldest daughter, of course, Sansa Stark. But instead of just embracing his longtime friend Robert and saying thanks, he indicates he's got to ask the wife about it. Good idea. Uh, yeah, generally just a good idea, of course, uh, to complicate matters. Catelyn has received notice from her sister that John Aaron didn't just die. He was murdered by Queen Cersei, no less. Yeah. Yeah. Cat convinces Ned, however, that he must accept the hand job, and also accept the marriage proposal for Sansa and go to King's Landing with Robert. But first, they've got to coast the whole court for a while longer at great expense. Um, and it's during this lull before departure that Bran goes climbing one last time before he heads south with his dad. Yeah, and during this uh, during this climb, Bran hears a conversation what is normally an abandoned part of the castle that he's climbing. And he hears... Noises, noises that I was going to simulate until I thought about Bobby's, until I thought about Bobby Sperry and the fact that sometimes she has her kids in the car, so I don't want to make them. But in his urgency to put faces to the voices, he nearly falls and draws attention to himself. And it's Jamie and Cersei incesting it up. Oh, boy. Now, in the normal timeline, we all know Jamie pulls Bran up onto the windowsill and asks how old he is. He utters that famous phrase, the things I do for love, and tosses Bran out the window, where the reader presumes uh, that Jamie thinks Bran will die upon impact. Of course, in our timeline, as was read in the cold open, Jamie simply tries to intimidate Bran into silence. And so that's where we pick it up. Mm-hmm. What happens next? What what changes? And sometimes in these things, we, we try to start kind of more insular and, and work out to the big things. And I think that's what we're going to try to do here. And we're going to just start with Bran himself. 
Yeah. And what maybe the lasting impact on him is. Of course, you know, in the main timeline, Bran is physically and emotionally wrecked by this. Uh, mm -hmm. Bran is a kid that has big dreams of becoming a knight and doing all sorts of big things. Um, and he's crippled and can't do any of them in his mind. Um, so, but, but now he's rather than just being physically crippled, he's just emotionally abused and intimidated and afraid. Remember he's seven. Um, and, and has just been threatened by a person he reveres, uh, Right. Jamie is a person of somewhat of legend to him, a knight of the Kingsguard. Um, you know, will he get over this, or you know, and and kind of bring to light what he's seen, or will he remain intimidated the whole time? Matt, you have any thoughts on this? Uh, yeah, I, I as I was reading through some of the early Brand chapters, it talked about how um, one time. Uh, he was a climber, as we know, he loved to go climbing and he got in trouble for it because of course it's dangerous. He promised his mom he would stop. And then like, I think it was <laughs> that very night he snuck out in the middle of the night and went climbing again. Um, but he felt, it said he confessed his crime the next day in a fit of guilt. Right. Yeah. Uh, and he, of course, had to face consequences for it, but he still confessed. Now, Bran, I think due to his sweet nature, because Bran is a really sweet kid, there's a difference between him and Arya in that Bran, I think, doesn't go looking for trouble. He goes looking for adventure, and the trouble kind of comes along with it. He just It's almost like he can't help himself, yeah. but he's a very sweet child. Um, and I wonder if... Uh, if if just the whole weight of the whole thing, um, similar to that guilt he felt, um, and this isn't guilt that he would be feeling, and if it is guilt, it's misplaced, um, but I think just the whole weight of it weighing on him would lead him to eventually tell his father what he saw. Mm. I agree with you eventually. The question is, how, how long is that fuse? Right. I think, right? I, it's a tough thing. He's seven... Um, I don't know, man. I think about my my eight year old, and I've got a seven year old. So and yeah, we're we're both in a position where we can kind of we've got that age close to us, right? And, and I've got a six year old, at, so yeah, we my can look right, at our kids and go right in between. Mm. I feel like I feel like over a, if I were a dashing lion of a man, I could probably intimidate him pretty good. And I'm also taking into consideration that, well, I'm presuming you know Jamie's around. They're taking the they're taking the cart back down to King's Landing together, um, right? You know he he throws some wicked smiles Brand's way a few times or a couple comments that no one else will understand or he has a conversation with Sansa in Brand's view or breaks his sword out and polishes it right in front of him or something. Even like riding by him and just like sauntering by and rubbing Brand's hair or something like yes, something just, just like, intimidating. I notice you. Yes. I notice you. I feel like there are things Jamie could do to extend that fuse to make it longer and longer. Wow. I think eventually Bran is the type of kid that's going to come out of that, but I'm not sure it will be soon enough to affect the timeline we're talking about. Yeah. And, but, but I don't know. Go ahead. A, Go ahead. Finish. Well, no, well, I don't know. I mean, it's a presumption, but uh -huh. that's kind of, that's what we do. Yeah. I, <laughs> Jamie, Jamie's extremely confident too. He might just kind of assume that once was enough and just kind of leave it be. 
Um, you kind of get that sense when they're when he's talking with Siri, Cersei in the main in the main timeline. Just like, nah, he's just a kid. Like, nah, it's nothing. Yeah. Um, but he's also, and I'm painted. I hate Jamie. Everyone knows this that listens. He's also a dick, and I think mm-hmm. he would take the chance to intimidate a little more, and remind Bran of the stakes whenever he can, just to ensure his own family safety. I agree. And to, um, yeah, to protect what he has with Cersei, he'd do it. The things he does for love and the things he will keep doing for love. Yeah. Maybe a way to put that. I, I don't think that was a casual line. I think he meant it. I do too. You know, like uh, he's going to protect Cersei and his family interests and his father who's abused him as well growing up. Yep. Um, part of the issue with this though is again, going back to our familiarity right now in this point in our lives with kids of that age, is Bran, um, maybe he does tell his dad, but... In like an I innocent, I don't know what I saw kind of way? Is, is not, yeah, is not even really yeah. being able to comprehend what he was seeing and what he said. You know, yeah. incest, even sex itself is, I mean, he's seeing it. Yeah, he doesn't but, really know what he's seeing. But a seven-year-old processing it, the George writes that chapter so well he you he writes it from the perspective of a seven-year-old and you as they an were adult wrestling reading or it knows attacking what's each other yeah. or just right. hurting her yeah. mm-hmm. probably exactly. stabbing her if we're honest <laughs> there's a there was a sword involved it wasn't a sword it was more like a dirt <laughs> how do you know how do you know listen i know guys like <laughs> jamie okay uh but even there are no men were... like jamie just jamie just jamie eddard they're talking about how Eddard being hand is a danger to the Lannisters, um, particularly to the Jamie and Cersei relationship. Uh, Cersei, I mean, in an early demonstration of just how paranoid she can be, she's positive. She says in this chapter that his acceptance of being hand of the king means he wants to move against the Lannisters. That's the conclusion she comes to. Yeah. <laughs> um, yep. Not to mention their worries about Lysa Aaron. So not only what he's seeing, but what he's hearing. He's hearing and seeing everything that we are, but his ability to comprehend it might be lessened. It's almost like Arya down in the uh, uh, in the in the under places, the the dark places of King's Landing, when she overhears Varys, Varys and Illyrio, Illyrio. and yeah. she doesn't quite know how to explain what she heard to her dad. She struggles a lot, and she's older than so, Bran is at this point. It's true. Right. So, so he might try and fail. Right, but I think I saw you know, Jamie and Cersei. Yeah, they're together all the time, man. So what? I got things to do. Mm-hmm. Or he might or, succeed. Wait, where were they? Yeah, they were up in the tower. Why were Alone? you in the tower? Why are you climbing? You told your mother you wouldn't, boy. <laughs> Don't make this about Cersei and Jamie. Why right. were you on the? T- <laughs> and on one hand, Eddard's a very good listener, but then yeah. you've got the the Varys and Illyrio thing with Arya, where he yeah. kind of dismisses it. He so really does. you wonder how he would take it. He was under a lot of stress at that point. She yeah. kind of caught him at a bad time. <laughs> so yeah. it all just depends kind of on how closely he's going to listen. Yeah. I mean, it could go a few ways. For the sake of my analysis, I assumed he didn't tell right away and let it play right. out. But did you do other things? Because I'm interested in hearing if you played it out a different way. Um, no, I did not play it out as if he told him early on. And Eddard got suspicious and started investigating. Actually, that might have been fun to think about a little more, but I didn't. Listen, there are so many ways we can take these conversations. If you yep. follow all the threads, you uh, 
Well, you'd have to quit your job for one. Neither of us are in a position to do that yet. Know the now, know the now. Uh, <laughs> you want to talk about wolf powers? Yeah, so... I mean, on the on the good side, Bran gets to be a, a knight. That's the good news, right? If he can He's get on over his this way. trauma. He's on know, his I mean, way. Let's call yeah. it what it is. It's kind of lesser trauma compared to what some people go through. Still trauma. But he could grow up and chase the dream he's, dreams that he's always had. Be yeah, on the King's Guard, be a lord somewhere, I'll... win tourneys. Yeah, I'll bring that up a, a little later too. But, um, as far as his wolf powers, let me ask you this. Do you think Bran's warg abilities, and coupled with that green seeing abilities, are inherent, meaning that he they would develop regardless of what happened to him? Or were they heightened because of his accident i got i got a whole paragraph on this you want it yep um both the way the way you put it is perfect um i think that bran is inherently an intellectual character mm-hmm. um like like l- let's just compare him to Arya real quick you did that a little bit earlier fortuitously for me um not because I want to knock either character down. That's not why I'm comparing them. Just to illustrate what George seems like he's trying to set up for Bran. He's a thinker. He's a feeler. He's very emotional. Mm-hmm. Arya's quick on her feet. I'm not saying she's dumb or anything like that. She's very sharp mentally, quick thinking. But I don't get the sense she's a deep thinker, analyzing she's the greater mysteries of anything. Yeah, she's going on instinct a lot. I mean, think about her uh, her three choices. Yes. With Jacques, right? Right. She didn't, yeah, to I, your and, point. you know, again, give her a bit of a pass. She's a, you know, she's a young girl. She doesn't understand all these things. But I feel like George sets us up with Bran to think that he is more of a deep thinker. When you read his, when you read his chapters, they're long paragraphs of like him describing the world and the state. It's not like chopped up paragraphs of like, did this and did that and did the other thing. They're, mm. they're long paragraphs of description. I think he's a thinker. He likes to hear stories. He likes yep. to think about those stories. He remembers them and, and recalls them. He creates emotional relationship. He's, in fact, climbing the tower that very day to say goodbye to fucking crows, for fuck's sake. He likes to climb the towers so he can see the people and the crows. He likes to watch them at work. Of course, indicative of the later, I'll teach you to fly thing. Of course. Yeah. This would bore Arya, for instance. She would love the climb, but she'd be like, all right. All right, we made it. Let's let's go back, go back down. down. Yep. Right? Like, okay. Mm-hmm. What's the action? What's next? Um, Bran, just to, I guess, to summarize a little bit, Bran likes the idea of being a knight. He loves the stories, and so he's like, oh, that's what I want to be. But I think of Bran as more of a maester. Mm-hmm. And what the hell does this have to do with skin changing? You're probably asking, because that was the original question. Uh, nothing, I guess, except that Bran has, I think, untapped brain pretend- potential that, and you know, he's empathic. He has this in him already. And while I don't think they would happen maybe as quickly, I think these things would find their way through anyway. Right. He might find friends in King's Landing to play swords with and whatever. He wouldn't be isolated with just his wolf all the time and he wouldn't have all these moments just dwell in himself and reach out and dare to fly and all of these things. But I still think Summer ends up being his best friend. I still think his potential is unlocked as a warg eventually. 
just maybe it doesn't have it's delayed it's not as quick yeah that's that's the longest yes answer you will ever hear (laughs) uh to build on that i I wonder if he needs to have some sort of experience, though, that's going to trigger um, action by by the three-eyed crow. Well, uh, yeah, that's that's a different that question. Is the fall and um, can we go on to the three-eyed crow? Absolutely, yeah. I just uh, I don't think they're necessarily one and the same. I I don't either, but I think that they are linked in a way. Okay, go. For in it. that the fall and his visit by the three-eyed crow. <clears throat> because there's a messaging there that the three-eyed crow can grab onto, um, which is you can no longer run, climb, or even walk. Your chances of becoming a knight are completely dashed. Yeah, You're stuck in your bed. Yep. Unless you let me teach you to fly. Yeah. The flying part sounds so much more appealing to Bran now because of the injury and because of his state of mind now. Yes. He can't do anything else. So we might as well do this. Yes. You know, you're more open to learning when you've been humbled. It's like how in basic training in the military, they tear you all the way down so yeah. that they can reteach you. Right. Yeah. Um, and these lessons, I think, are especially poignant to one so young. And it it hits Bran at the right time because of his accident. But is but is but is that. Do you think that is the impetus for Bran getting to be a warg i feel like that's an impetus to get bran to go north and to be susceptible to, to jojen's s- advice and to start to start that whole thing the warg and the green seer is connected right jojen talking about one in a thousand are wargs and one in a thousand wargs are green seers but but all the starks are wargs i, th- I feel like bran was going to yeah. get that regardless and the three-eyed crow thing was additional uh-huh I, I think that the three-eyed crow has been watching Bran for a while. We know he has because Bran's only seven years old. But <laughs> the three-eyed crow says in Bran's, I think, final chapter uh, of of uh, Dance with Dragons, "I've been watching you since you were born." Right. Uh, we know he's been watching, uh, presumably from the, the trees. But um, but I don't know that that means he wouldn't have been a powerful warg otherwise. All the Starks are wargs, and they haven't been uh-huh. contacted by the Three-Eyed Crow that we know of. Um, right. So I, th- I think he would have got the warging regardless, but he wouldn't have had the same drive uh-huh. to use it, maybe. Right, that's... Although I'm def- not even sure he connects the two at the time. I don't think he does right now, no. But you develop a skill by using it, right? Yeah, And sure. his... his uh, his position of just being in bed all the time. I think that helps him develop into a better warg. For sure. That's why I said it would take longer. Definitely. Right. Yeah. So yeah. So delayed. We agree with each other then. I um, think so. There's probably a delay. I, I wonder if there's an event that will spark the three-eyed crow going, okay, he's ready now. I'm going to make my pitch. Well, you know? that's, that's the thing that starts making us fucked up. Some back to the future, Bill and Ted shit, right? Like does the three-eyed crow, as we just said, has been watching him since birth. Does does he know there's something special about Bran? Does he see the accident and say, oh, opportunity. Now he's vulnerable. Or has he been looking for someone, Jojen or Euron or Rickon or anybody to be vulnerable that has the gift, mm-hmm. right? That he can kind of, I don't want to use the word corrupt because I'm not sure he's bad, but you know what I mean? Like sees an opportunity. Right. I mean, it's it's not it's not the vacation brochure everyone is looking for. 
trudge north 500 miles yeah. with you know like it needs to be very specific circumstances and yeah. the right person and yeah i even i even started to wonder and this is crazy i don't think i believe it but i've let my mind wander a little bit in wondering if the three-eyed crow orchestrated yeah. the fall the push like it talks about when bran was arriving at the tower that there were like dozens and dozens of crows mm-hmm. by where he was making noises and everything. Mm-hmm. And then Cersei just happened to look up at the right time to see him. And like I said, her eyes went straight to him and I, I let my yeah. mind wander a little bit and wonder if the three eyed crow, like put helped brand get into that situation, helped yeah. Cersei recognize him knowing it, that Jamie would do that. But, it could have been done. That would have been so much cooler. No offense, George, if you're listening to this. I know you're a fan. Uh, if he had written, like, a crow flew by the window and cawed, mm-hmm. and she looked at my eyes. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, right. Like, that would have been cool. It says something like, he made a noise. Uh, it's in the summer. The, or he must have made a noise. I just read, but yeah. um, something drew her gaze, a noise that he made, or a gasp or something. But that doesn't necessarily mean the crows weren't somehow pushing him there. Right. You know, maybe they were gathered in a way such that he would have to climb near the window or, you know, I, I don't know. Right. Like it's very it's very possible. The fact the fact wow. that he's going up here to feed crows and in the end he sees this thing is not necessarily. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't necessarily rule out what you're saying, that maybe the three eyed crow was kind of engineering it a little bit. Right. But you know, for all we, for all he knows, Jamie would stab him instead of throwing him out the window where he'd live, or that he, or that he would live, or that he would throw him out the window and that he would die. In fact, yep. But anyway, the the point is interesting. the The idea of Brendan kind of trying to weave this in some way is interesting. I, I I went down a path where I was trying to think of other people that maybe he might approach. Because Ooh, I've got one later. You got that we, for later. Maybe we could talk about it now. But, no, we can uh... go. Let's go later. I think there's one where there's a bullet point where you later on where you talk about. I think I do. Yeah. Ah, yes. Does the three eyed crow find someone else? It's in our north section. Okay. We'll we'll leave it for them then. I think I maybe have notes in both places. Mm. Um, but I mean, I think the I think the three eyed crow just as a teaser for that later section. He needs somebody. And we've yes. got, I've got some text around that later. Right. He um, needs someone, and he'd be he'd be frankly foolish to put all his eggs in a single basket to also tease that. He would be a bit. Mm-hmm. But also, well... Let's, Unless let's, he has a way on. to protect that one asset. And... Our selection versus K selection. My kids are watching Bill Nye this week on this very topic. Ooh. Our, our selection is... Having many, 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 many eggs and just hoping the flood doesn't take all of them to pass on your genes versus case selection wherein you have one or two and protect them as best you can to make sure that your genes are passed on. Wow, your kids watch Bill Nye. My uh, watch Chrisley Knows Best reality. So. I don't know who that is, but I'm sure they're both equally uh, enlightening, entertaining, informative. Enlightening. Yeah. yeah. Should we move on to Jamie? Yes. <clears throat> Let's do it. You know, you know, though, Scad, I was surprised by the realization that I came to. This is a teaser for later that you'd think that Jamie being one of the primary players in this event, 
that he would be one of the most affected by this. And I'll just say <laughs> it right now, I think he's one of the least affected. Interesting. Um, I'm going to, I think the two that are most affected by this are Bran and Tyrion, actually, which we'll get to Tyrion later. But, huh. Because his story completely changes. Well, his, his story totally changes, as yeah. does Cats. Although, right. I'm not sure Cats has a huge effect. But, but yeah, his story totally changes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's talk about Jamie though. Well, my it'll be interesting, because I, I think his story changes a little bit. Um, the the first question does. we had in our notes was, does his quote-unquote redemption arc come sooner? And that's this yeah. is in the fandom, this is a term that's used a lot with Jamie and redemption. Uh, as a person, I don't really believe in redemption. I just believe in you're only as good as your next act and everyone can only try to be better or worse their next day. Um, so I don't know that he's redeemed himself in any other way, but does this just lead to more and more anxiety about waiting for the other shoe to drop? Or does he, you know, does this, does his, does this sparing of this boy actually prompt him to be a better person earlier? No, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, and and you know I'm a I'm a fan of Jamie's character. Uh, as I look through, I looked through some of the text, especially in relation to Bran, and I, I it still seems clear to me as it was before that the big catalyst for change with Jamie was Brienne. Yeah. And I think it's going to stay that way. Yeah. Uh, a couple things to illustrate that point. Um, you know, you've got that passage in the very next chapter after Brand 2, which is Tyrion 1, when Tyrion's sitting at breakfast with Cersei and Jamie and the kids, and he finds and he mentions that uh, the Maester said that Bran might live, right? Mm-hmm. And it says the glance that passed between Jamie and Cersei lasted no more than a second, but he did not miss it. So mm-hmm. there's obviously some nerves. Yep. Um, in Catelyn's chapter, and I think we might have a point where we talk about Catelyn's thing a little bit, but when Catelyn's having her discussion with Jamie in his cell, uh, she says, how did my son Bran fall? I flung him from a window. Yeah. And he said the easy way he said it took her voice away for an instant. Yeah. Uh, and then he goes on to blame Bran for even being there. <laughs> it's, it's Bran's fault that he got thrown from the window. Listen, I get that people love him, but he's an a-hole. Uh, I seldom fling children from towers to improve their health. Yes, I meant for him to die. Yeah. Uh, There's another where he's talking to Cleos Frey, and I think Brienne's there too. Um, And he, Jamie thinks he, he said, Jamie had come to Rue heaving Brandon Stark out that window. Cersei had given him no end of grief afterwards when the boy refused to die. (laughs) So he's blaming. That's the reason. Yeah. Um, oh, she won't leave me alone about it. It's terrible. <laughs> yep. But then there's one more mention where Jamie brings up Bran, and it's post Brienne. Yeah. It's where Cersei and Jamie are in the White Sword Tower, remember? And she tries to come on to him, and he refuses her and everything. Yeah. Um, it's the chapter when Jamie deduces that it was probably Joffrey that sent the cat spa. Yeah. Um, after he's filled out the notes in the book and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And he says to Cersei during this conversation, um, I'm not ashamed of loving you, only of the things I've done to hide it. That boy at Winterfell, dot, 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 dot. Mm. And that's it. You know? So it, it it's it's like a modicum of, of regret that you kind of sense from that chapter. And that's but But, but again, not, not really regret of not throwing like, a boy out a window. 
Not it's that, regret not that he hid the fact true that he threw him out the window. Right? Potentially, yeah. It's it's regret that I didn't admit to it right Only then. Only the things I I've did done. it because I love you. And Only of the things get I've out done of my to way. hide us. Only yes. of the things I've done to hide my love for you is what yeah. he's saying. Like yeah. throwing that boy out a window. Yeah, he doesn't regret the act. He regrets the things he did to cover up the act. And that's where I'm wondering if the dot, dot, dot indicates that it's starting to weigh on his mind a little, mm-hmm. little more heavily. Maybe not. It's just text. We get no more indication of his thoughts or anything at that point. Yeah. Um, so it could go either way. But that's the only instance that I really see any even inkling of regret. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, everyone knows how I feel about Jamie. But in this case, I think you can really only take this two ways from when he when he chooses not to push him out the window. He either no longer has the guilt of child murder hanging over his head and can get to a better place quicker. You think he's a good person and he's just been working through it for the last 18 years, you know, he can get there quicker. On the other hand, he now has this constant threat hanging out uh a couple towers over that might keep his thoughts dark, right? Because yeah. Bran is mm-hmm. in the same castle as him in King's Landing mm-hmm. and he's just hanging out there as a constant threat to his place. Right. And as long as you have these kind of dark things, these dark, these barriers to goodness keeping you back, it's hard to create change, I think. The the possibility of having to intimidate or worse uh, Bran or his siblings sometime in the future i think is a just it's almost like a poison right Right. that just sticks with him and keeps him from moving forward Mm -hmm. right these these negative things can just kind of well i can't go do this positive thing because this negative thing is still in my way kind of a thing right and maybe that's just me but that affects me for sure it it affects me too and i think it affects a lot of people i will say this though that Jamie does show us that he has the capacity to overcome it because Cersei is that negative thing for him. Yeah. And he's he is able to to push past that. But so the capacity's there. But 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 that takes and and a segue into what you said earlier and to my point coming up mm-hmm. is that we have to remember that what really gets Jamie changing well, it's rehab. Yep. I mean I mean it's it's rehab. He intense. gets out of the environment that is corrupting him. The politics, yep. Cersei, mm-hmm. Tyrion, jealousy and hatred of Robert, all of the negative Being impacts. in a position of power, even. Yeah, I mean, we have to remember, yep, yep, position of power that corrupts him. We have to remember that all these things that keep him corrupt and make him worse, and keep him from dealing, keeping him from dealing with the person that he is himself, when he's captured, he has something like eight months it's like January to like August or something, uh, September maybe, where he's alone with his thoughts. He's basically in jail for eight months where we don't really hear from him. And then he gets exposed to Brienne, who, as you've already said, kind of, I think, allows Jamie to turn himself. She introduces him to new things that might make him think differently, that challenge him in a different way, and he that accelerates his change. But... Until he gets removed from the toxins, he he has no hope of changing. As long as you're being reinforced to continue being the way you are, you're not going to change. As long as you, yeah, as long as you're still able to stay on top, yeah, you can do that. That's what I mean by reinforced, positively reinforced. To you know, 
You're getting rewarded for the behavior you have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And for the Lannisters, they've been taught their whole lives. (sighs) Power equals success. You can't find... And they've been taught, do what I tell you, too. From Tywin. To stay on top. Because I'm telling you that's what happiness is. Yeah. Yep. All right, shall we move on to the next session, which is a little weird. I, I kind of expected a note halfway through the week. Like, why did you group these people together? Um, oh, they gotta be. Huh? They're intrinsically connected. A little bit. Catelyn, Tyrion, and Tywin. Uh, I moved, I didn't tell you, but I moved the bottom note up to the top because I think it's the most important one to start with. Does Tywin start the war under other pretenses? Because I think I think this kind of kicks off a lot of the other action. You want to start there? Sure. I think he does. I think he's raring for a war and he's looking for a reason to do it. I think Rob will still come south, obviously, because Eddard is still going to be arrested. Um, And uh, so I think that the war is still going to start because Rob's going to come south. That gives Tywin a reason. Um, So I think it'll just start a little later. I can see Tywin. Now, he can't just... Well, can he? Can he just say Rob's coming south? That's an act of war. I can attack. I can meet him in the field of battle. Well, what's going to cause Rob to come south is the question. Mm-hmm. But what's going to cause that? I think Eddard's still gonna. I think things are still gonna go down. Yeah. So, so I, yeah. I think that's. I think that's the. So Tyrion gives Tywin the obvious reason to start this whole thing, right? Yep. We kind of talked about this when we when we talked about these these chapters way back in jeez I don't know 2016 I don't 2017 that's 100% it was. the reason why Tywin um, invades the Riverlands for example it wasn't is, the reason but it was it it was an excuse it was his excuse yeah you should put it that way his it was his right. excuse to begin raiding the Riverlands yeah because in, in, Catelyn a Riverlander. Exactly. Captured when he Tyrion. when he when he found out Tyrion was captured, he probably broke out with a huge smile. Perfect, wonderful. Now Finger I don't have steepled. now I don't have to trump up. Yeah, I said it. Trump up some charges on Ned to to facilitate this war. But I think that's the answer. He was going to do it anyway. He has the armies ready. They were too ready, you know, to invade. They're so ready. They were already preparing. And, and, well, and then his know. plan was was that Eddard would ride out he being the honorable man he was he would ride out yes. the head of the army to stop gregor clegane yeah. James and then that up. they'd have an excuse to kill him or capture him right um or whatever so uh yeah and then his own son unwittingly screwed it all up e- even if even if he didn't ride out they would have found some way to just imprison yep. Ned on some sort of treason charge or something that's what right. I. That's what I said. I can totally. I wrote down here is that Tywin. I can totally see him, just doing something, offing somebody and blaming it on the approaching Northern Army or something like that, or blaming it on Ned, to to start this thing. He's going to start it regardless, and he'll find a way to start it. Right. Yeah. Right. Now remind me, what was the catalyst for Rob actually like gathering his armies and coming south? finding out that Eddard had gotten arrested. Right. Okay. So they were going to have to arrest Ned for something well, or bring Ned out of the fold to get Rob's armies in motion. The, and I, and still I think should that say happens. I Go should ahead. say that they had already kind of put the word out there because when Catelyn came south, 
and she had that short time with Ned. Yeah. Ned told her, when you go back, um, call the call the banners. Have them ready to go oh, she's because yeah, stuff might be going down. Yeah. Uh, but the point where they decide to actually march was finding out he'd been arrested. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny because uh, Catelyn, I don't know if everyone remembers this, but Catelyn actually beats Ned to King's Landing. Yep. Uh, he's taking the slow train. Um, the soul she train. She goes by boat. And she goes by boat with with uh, Sir Roderick there. And she gets there first. Um, and warns him, and he's, you know, he's probably got to be, at that point, he's got to be like, damn it, how can't even have begun my investigation yet. <laughs> like, I just got here. <laughs> You're already here telling me to get going on the investigation. Um, but... Will you give me a minute? Yeah, will you give me a minute? Uh, but yeah, I, I think she still she still goes. Um, the Dragonbone Dagger, none of that happens, right? There's no none of that intricacy to the plot happens. But but Ned is already, you know, he's on the trail. John Aaron was murdered. Go figure it out. You know, he doesn't have that clue or that piece of information to go on and ask people about. But you know, he's still moving through it. He's trying to figure out what it is. And frankly. That's probably all Cersei, Tywin, Jamie, Tyrion, because Tyrion's free now, remember? Uh, that's probably all they need to, to get him in a cell and say, hey, what are you doing? Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah, because to be make clear, something up. Catelyn probably doesn't even come south in this timeline. Oh, no. No, no. Right. She has no reason to. Her trigger to go south was the Bran incident, and that, in our timeline, doesn't happen. That's right. The and cat's paw. As such, she doesn't get to see how far Lysa has fallen, which is an nope. interesting impact to her character. I don't, I'm not sure it changes a whole lot. She's still going to ride south with Rob to counsel him and protect Ned and do all those things. There is one big kind of related to Lysa thing that we miss mm. out on. We don't get the Blackfish, mm. potentially. That's true. His reason for leaving Lysa is hearing of the attacks on River, one, River Run. Um, and he's angry at Lysa for not, not doing committing something. veil forces to do something about it. So, yeah. uh, and he leaves with Catelyn. So that potentially doesn't happen. Now it could still happen. It probably he, would still happen. He There's, could hear Tywin's still going to attack, and yeah, he could Lysa's hear still not going to do shit. Right? That that his his um, his niece is out there with her son coming south, and Tywin's attacked the Riverlands, and and so Blackfish decides to leave alone and on his own. And yeah. meets up with them eventually. Yeah. But if not, Rob loses his expertise as a counselor, as a scout, yeah. as an outrider. He's very his important at the Golden Tactical Tooth. acumen. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the Whispering Wood, I think. Yeah, the Battle of the Camps. He's the one leading the van there. Uh, so much good that the Blackfish does. And potentially in this timeline, he's not there. It's possible. I mean, your your emotional reason is better than mine, but... It's possible he's still like, man, there's war. And Lysa's like, I don't care. And he's still like, okay, I'm leaving. It could happen in a similar way just for a different reason. Mm -hmm. But just without Cat there as a emotional reminder to him. Right. But. Yep. Uh, so just because I'm a fan, uh, in this timeline, I think Rickon is left as the Stark and Winterfell. Yeah. More he abandoned has, than ever. He has to be. Yep. Clawing at the drapes of whoever he can find as a mm -hmm. four year old. As a four year old. Yeah. I think he's three actually at this time. But anyway. 
he is three at the beginning of game of thrones yeah but um so Tyrion, do we go, do we go yes. to Tyrion? Because this is huge. It's big. I don't have a whole ton of notes about it, but it, it is giant. It's more like I don't have a bunch of notes because it's like, well, he could do anything at this point. But Oof. my feeling, I guess, is that he just makes it home unobstructed. Yeah. Um, he does. Yeah. He makes it home, um, which was interesting. Uh, it, this pointed out to me. I can't remember if we covered this earlier on in our Game of Thrones chapters clear back in 2014 or whatever that we don't really know what Tyrion was doing prior to the events of a game of thrones do we know that about most people well i mean like we know cersei was the queen and jamie was in the king's guard and <laughs> yeah. Tyrion just kind no, like of, what his job was yeah he just right. kind of yeah. exists <laughs> i was yeah. able to find some I didn't even know if he was in, if he lived in King's Landing or if he lived at Casterly Rock. And I found some like side combos that indicates he was, he'd been at King's Landing for at least a while. Yeah. Um, he said, uh, uh, Tyrion remembered Vardis Egan well from the years he had spent at King's Landing as the captain of the Hands Household mm. Guard. Um, Stuff like that, like little side yeah. combos that indicate that Tyrion was living at King's Landing, but I don't think he was really doing anything. Um, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? When, when in the normal timeline, when Tywin kind of taps him to be Hand of the King, it's like, obviously you haven't seen 2016 and what it takes for someone with no <laughs> political experience to get a really important job. Yeah. Uh, like, why do you think he can do that? It does mention he was in charge of the sewers in King's Landing, and or he made them work that was at really, really Rock. well. Or sorry, that's what I meant, Castle Yeah, Rock. and that he made them work really well. Uh huh. But but like other than like, I guess he just has confidence in him. People have said that Tyrion is Tywin's son, um, more than Jaime because they're more alike, and it's hard to disagree in some ways. And you have to imagine Tyrion was paying close attention and watching, yep. and probably not acting like he was watching. But well, those, yeah, was. those, those sons that feel slighted, they sometimes take better notes than the ones mm -hmm. that are, right. that are special, quote unquote. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where I see, uh, and then obviously, so Tyrion misses out on a bunch of the relationships that form his stuff mm. in, uh, in at least the rest of Game of Thrones and Clash he's got of no Kings and Storm of Swords. How are you he's feeling got, about that? He's got no brawn. Brawn yeah. never happens. Yeah. Poor uh, Lawless, right? Oh, poor Lawless. Uh, She's hurting. Uh, yep. She's missing the brawn. She wants the bee. Uh, I think you got the long, wrong letter there. Oh, crap. Um, I just got my uh, my best pal. You know him. I can say his name on here. He doesn't listen to it. His name's Derek. Uh, his birthday was recently, and I got him a shirt. Derek's a really... We played in a band together all growing up and everything. So Does it say, here comes the D? Indicate. It says, it says she wants the, and then it's got a picture of a, a D chord on the guitar. Oh, Fingers playing a D chord. And I hope she... he wears it to rehearsal at the LDS <laughs> stage that he looks at most frequently. He went to, uh, he, he wore it to a family dinner with his in-laws the next oh, day. No, they're all musicians. <laughs> They're all they're all musically was, inclined, right? He said he said none of them got it though. I was oh, really? So proud of him. Yeah, he's like no one's got it yet. <laughs> they keep asking me, and I won't tell them. 
<laughs> that's pretty good. As in jokes go, that's pretty good. Yeah, I was pretty proud of myself for finding yeah, it. That's pretty good. But anyways, Tyrion never meets Bronn. For Which more one? commentary on She Wants the D, check out our Chasing Amy episode. <laughs> but does she? She um, doesn't. The uh, Shay doesn't happen. Yeah. Probably Klansmen. Not. Klansmen nope. don't happen. Yep. And so this is where I think the biggest thing happens with Tyrion. Because physically it's like, well, he makes it back to King's Landing and all is well and everything. But... Um, what he loses is all that, particularly in my mind, Muscle. battle experience. Yeah. He 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 participates in the in the at the Green Fork. Well, first he bloodies his. I well, he has axe, those battles with the clansmen in the in That's the mountains. So that he misses out on the veil stuff, yeah. where he has his first taste of battle. Yeah. Then the whole reason he's allowed to participate in the battle at the Green Fork is because he has his clansmen, who Tywin basically thinks, well, they can just act as arrow fodder. They'll um, die, and left. we know how that worked out. Uh, he misses out on all of those things, and so unless I'm missing something in between, when the Blackwater comes around. And I still think there's a chance he's named Hand, and so he has to kind of lead things at the Blackwater. When the Blackwater comes around, he's going into that battle completely 100% green in terms of battle. And I wonder how that would affect his performance there. Yeah. I I mean, you're spot on. It's not something I have in the notes, but if he ends up going to back, back to King's Landing and is named Hand, he doesn't have any of the muscle behind him and he, uh, like, he's Braun alone. to do his dirty work. He's Shay al- to get off yes. with. Um, and and, well, <laughs> put, and practically fall in love with. He, he He's alone, though. He doesn't have a support yep. network. He right? I mean, like, you see how Ned feels, like, when, when much of his guard is dead after mm-hmm. they've been assaulted in the streets. And he sends some of them away uh, to be with Beric. Like, he feels somewhat naked. Tyrion has this cloak around him with his clansmen that he does not have now. In if he needs timeline. dirty work done, he's got yes. Ron. Yeah. And he can't exactly. do any of that now. Can't do any of it. So it might be that he becomes Hand. Tyrion is not, he's not a good person. We've said that a lot on this cast. He's an abused mess. And I think that accounts for a lot of kind of his behavior. But to me, he does largely seem to have kind of mass good intentions. He does some things that hurt people. Uh, Beefish today on Twitter was commenting about how he knocked that up too. How he knocked down the housing too. outside of King's Landing and just like, "Fuck you, you guys don't have any homes now." And that's Which was not, the it was the right idea, but right? But it's it's all a bit heartless, yeah. you know. He didn't but, give them, as Beefish points out, he didn't give them an alternative like, "Okay, like I'm wrecking your homes here, but I'm gonna give you right. a place to live here, like more in the city, away from." the coast right. or whatever right or the on the other hand i think there was an order not to do that and people did it anyway but but nevertheless it was a bad thing to do and mm-hmm. he didn't really fix it you know he's not a great person but i think in general like most of his policy in the clash of kings and he does have all that backup we were talking about but in general his policy in the clash of kings seems to be to try to help the general populace get yep. them fed you know get money in make sure that the people can eat and won't cause a riot and it might be somewhat self-serving, but I think he generally has his his hand on the pulse and trying to make things better, mm-hmm. maybe for somewhat selfish reasons. Now, though, nah, he's got Cersei and Tywin both to fight with. He doesn't have his backup. 
He might yeah. still get the hand job, like you said, but can he be as effective? I don't know. Because a lot of those things, now that I look back and I think on it, he was able to push through a lot of what he wanted to do because he had that intimidation factor in the form of his muscle and everything. Now he doesn't have any of that. So, For sure. Some some of it yeah. at least. Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, I reading this, it really bothered me because um, a lot of people bag on Tyrion for a lot of good reasons. <laughs> and I was reading back through some chapters and stuff and on the wiki and I was just like, holy shit, I like Tyrion because I am Tyrion. I care deeply, like generically, about the mass betterment of all people being like being treated fairly, and I have that sense of justice about me. But I'm also frequently not good to individuals. <laughs> and it made me feel really awful. He's a very uh human character, man. I feel I felt like very dirty. Well, I yeah. feel that way every day. Well, yeah. Then you shower. <laughs> um, if you got Shea any more? Never, if Shay oh. was never a thing, do you think he would have killed Tywin? Do you think that he was mad enough about Taisha that he, oh man, that he would have th- still gone through with all that? Yes, I think he would have. Yes, because I think he was going once he once Jamie revealed to him the Taisha truth. He was going to kill Tywin at that well, point, right? Let's put it this way. When he started climbing that ladder that Varys showed him, he didn't know she was in there. He didn't know Shay was in there. He was, he was going, going to anyway. kill Tywin. Yeah. I mean, I don't know whether he was... I have to reread that again to see if there are hints in his mind. I can't remember it well enough. He so was. Kind of sorry. He was. But, but but I don't remember whether there are hints of like, I'm going to kill him or whether it was like, man, no. I got to give him a piece of my mind. It basically just said like he forced Varys to tell him where how to get to Tywin's secret entrance. And then he just went. And then it was just description of how to do it. Climbed the rungs, slid to the side, to the left, found the hole. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. It's very just step-by-step kind of stuff. Yep. It doesn't get into his head very much. Yeah. That's kind of what I remember too. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, a couple, a couple, um, pieces of good news for you here. Oh, great. Uh, I'd love some. Masha Heddle will live. Oh, that's nice. Yep. She's killed um, by Tywin because she allowed the capturing of Tyrion to occur in her yeah. inn. Yeah. Some of those soldiers, too, that go, the one with the, the weird helmet they keep describing over and over again. That, Still makes it. Yeah. Went. It was a went, wasn't it? I don't remember. <laughs> they describe his helmet like a lot of times. I just remember that. Vardis Egan. He lives. He he survives. Yeah. Um, let's see. Are we going to talk about uh, Gregor and Beric and all them when we get to the King's Landing section? I don't have any uh, notes, but we can. So Gregor's never sent to the Riverlands. We kind of already talked about, though. He probably is sent he probably just is under anyway. different pretenses. Yeah. Um, but uh, Beric and the Brotherhood Without Banners, their story could potentially change. Um, they're the ones who Eddard mm. sends out to out to come back oh Gregor. man that's and huge that's a note i didn't even make yeah it's big. depending on if um when all this happens they might never be sent out to combat gregor and i don't know then, how they would be then you got catelyn at the red wedding Beric not being able to give her the kiss of life like all that stuff changes man yeah wow just with this crazy right those are big those are big changes 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, without the Brotherhood, without banners, does Arya get found by them? Where does what happens with Arya then? There's lots of stuff. Yeah, Lady Stoneheart oh, probably man. doesn't even happen. Catelyn's just dead. Those are threads I don't want to pull right now. <laughs> I, I mean, I can't. I don't have any notes on them. I don't have the capacity yeah. to write any analysis. But if you do, let's let's go for it. I don't. I mean, Beric, he's kind of just at King's Landing. It yeah. sounds like he just stayed there after the tournament. Yeah. And he's just hanging out at King's Landing. Yeah. Um, As you do. So, yeah. It sounds like people just do that. Like, you know what? I'm going to stay for a while. Um, so... When the war breaks out, what does he do? Does he does he join the Northerners? Does what? Does he join Stannis? You know, like yeah. These are knows? these are all very questions. Mm-hmm. That I don't have a great answer to. Yeah, I mean, it was a thread I, I didn't really want to pull on too much. Just bring up. I mean, like, were the King's Men? It's in that chapter where Ned kind of selects them. I remember. All I remember is a few things. One, that Loras really, 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 really wanted to go. Um, and <laughs> That's not going to happen. <laughs> and and two, that they sent a combination of Ned's household guard and a bunch of other people. Right. Um, and Beric was leading them. But I don't remember, I don't remember whether they like volunteered like, yes, for the king, we love that guy, or whether they were just like kind of voluntold. Yeah, it was it, uh, the command was for Eddard to or for Beric to gather. I think it was like a hundred men or something okay. like that. Okay. And then Ed said, "I'll give you." Ooh, Ed said, "I'm going to give you some of those." Remember Ed said's? That I was do. a thing. That was a Got regular a... Uh, thing back in our coverage back, of dance. Back in our regular days. Yeah. Got to bring those back. Right. Uh. Okay. Interesting. All right. You want to uh, uh, move on to the next section? Yeah. I think we got our patron thank yous next. Yeah. Uh, we'll start with the dirty cab driver level. Thank you to our patrons. We appreciate you all. Uh, for those of you at the dirty cab driver level and above, we're going to mm-hmm. wish you our thanks over the air here, but we appreciate all of you, of course. Newest cab driver to the Iron Islands is Katrina L. Yeah. We've got Mr. J, the red shirt and black. Cat Spearborn. The Bard of Legends, Aaron M. Gib! Ghost Chase Killer! We have Colin U. We have Bobby S. Jeff H. And the one and only Lady Fattis Red. Yeah, with us for a long time. At the Reach Around level, we have B Word, the Queen Beyond the Wall. And at the Team John level, the aforementioned Misa, the Queen of Gifts and Beauty. Yeah, excited to talk to you next, next month, Misa. Yep. Thank you, everybody, for your support. Yes, every, every one of you. Those mentioned and those not. Uh, Arya Sansa? Arya Sansa, which I have like zero on Sansa. I don't so. have a whole lot. Uh, well, they've got uh, Arya and Sansa go with Ned to King's Landing in the main timeline. In this timeline, they've got another sibling. Yep. And with a yep. healthy brand at her side, willing to go scrape up her knees, is Arya even palling around with Micah, the butcher's boy? I think the Micah incident does not occur. No. Okay. I don't think it does. I could see I could see it either way. It's it's not something we need to spend a lot of time on. Probably she is. I think Bran's a bit of a goody two shoes to me. Arya wants to leave the train. I think Bran would be fascinated by it. All the characters there. Now, if he were intimidated by Jamie and he were around all the time, it's maybe a little bit different. But there are heroes everywhere to Bran. 
And Arya just wants to go see stuff. Yeah, so I've got a note on that. Is it how his enchantment by knights, right? His, yeah. You know, the and is it ruined by... By Jamie, yeah. But but there is a, an indication where it talks about how um, he could name off all the knights of the King's Guard and everything. He had yeah. all these names memorized of past yep. guys and everything. And yep. it said at one point, there was also Jamie Lannister, but Rob said that he killed King Aerys, so he didn't really count. Yes. So he's most interested in Selmy, right? Right, and, and Selmy's there. So yeah. um, I, I do have a note on there where he said Bran's enchanted by those knights. He, he said he was going to be a knight himself someday. He watched them with fascination, but never quite dared to speak with them while mm. they were at Winterfell. Yeah. Um, but I can see him kind of like shyly... Warming up to them. Attaching yeah. himself to like sell me and just be like kind of, yeah. you know, sitting next to him at meals mm -hmm. maybe or something. Yeah. And, and, and you know... I don't know if Selmy would even give him the time of day, but I could kind of almost see Selmy kind of digging that at the same time and noticing, be like, hello, little man, or something. Yeah, Selmy gets some shit in the circles, but I think he's like, he's not a bad person on the simple stuff. No. Like, I think I think on the simple stuff, he'd be like, oh, this kid is interested. I'll be nice to him. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I'm, not, I'm not a grumpy old man. I'll be nice to him. He's bad on the morally ambiguous stuff. Oh my God, should I protect this woman from her husband when the husband is the king and I swore to, you know, those are complicated moral things and he sucks at them. But I think he'd treat Bran well. And if that were the case, then I can maybe see the Micah stuff happening because Bran's off hanging out with his older right. night buddies. <laughs> Even if like, it's just you like... told me we'd go today. <laughs> Even if it's just like riding six feet behind them. Yeah. and just kind of watching them yeah you know like you said he's a thinker he's an observer yep and he is i can kind of see him doing stuff like that he's very much an observer brand the maester to me yeah i also i just had a quick note i don't think we need to talk about it at all necessarily but sans and Arya are so oil and water right mm -hmm. and i think probably george intended that a little bit with the sojourn to sure king's landing but i feel like brand could be a bit of a spoon you know, to mix it up and kind of make sure. sure that they get along together better. Bran's yeah. just such a, Catelyn says it too, right? Bran is kind of her boy. You know, he's just so sweet and nice and just helpful. Mm -hmm. You know, I just feel like he would have helped ease the tension between Sansa and Arya. So it might have helped them relax a little bit with each other, but I'm not sure a whole lot changes. That's a good point. Yeah. And he doesn't even really try. It's just like his oh, essence it's almost it's just yeah yeah he's very empathic that's kind of what i meant earlier about the wolf stuff yeah. i mean i feel like it just kind of that sort of reaching out and feeling people which mm -hmm. probably helps with the warging it's just kind of part of who he is right <sighs> so we can maybe see the mica stuff still happening we can maybe, maybe see it not happening uh if it doesn't happen joffrey doesn't lose a sword um so that's yeah. another non-casualty. Uh, and maybe he's able to keep the wool over Sansa's eyes for a little Ugh. longer by not having his little moment. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think that moment hurt the wool too badly. It was kind of like, uh, it was kind of like the free space in Bingo. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like, uh, she just looked past that one. It was like, ah, oh, it was just a mistake. He was under a lot of stress. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
He just Nothing, uh, you know, Sansa, Sansa, Sansa. I love her too, but I feel like she just kind of had a blind spot for that moment. That day was so perfect, and she looks at the circumstances and th- thinks that's what went wrong. She almost doesn't even blame him for it. What was it that I used to always say back when we were covering these chapters? Scab, she was 11 years old. <laughs> She's 11. <laughs> I know. I know. I love Sansa too, you guys. I promise. I do. Um, I, I will say this about Bran and Arya, and maybe this serves as a lead-in to once they get to King's Landing. There's not much mention of the other by the one in the main series at all. Now, Sansa and Bran? Separ- Arya and Bran. Oh, I think Sansa um, and Bran. Well, them too. Maybe both. Matter. Maybe I have I think the same note probably for Sansa about and the same. Yeah. I, I, so I went to A Search of Ice and Fire, and I uh, focused it just down to, filtered it down to just Arya chapters, and I typed in Bran uh-huh. and searched. And then I did the same thing. I went for to filter to Bran and put in Arya. And there's hardly any mention of the other, yeah. other than like Bran and Rickon had been killed. They're dead now. Or yes, like they hardly ever think of each other out of the context of family. There's no yeah. like warm memories. And Bran and Arya are so close in age. They're only like a year apart. There's yeah. nothing that like shows them like when we were playing together that one time yes. or whatever. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> you wonder if they if they really had kind of a friendly relationship. Now being put in that situation where it's kind of just you, yeah, you together. Sometimes that brings you closer together. You're in a strange place in, with your whole family, so you end up drawn closer to your family because you don't have anything else, anyone else. That maybe is part of it. But I thought it was interesting that there's really no feelings of warmth between them that we get on page. It's interesting for sure. And it's interesting also that I noted the same thing about Sansa and Bran. Now there's a bigger age gap there, but if you, if you really start to think of, I mean, think of people think about the Starks as like this close knit family, but like really think about the relationships between the kids. Mm Arya is close to John. Rob and John are close. Sansa's not close to any of them. That's kind of it. Arya's kind of a loner and a tomboy and goes and does her own thing. Bran goes climbing on his own. Rickon's too young. They're kind of, it kind of feels like they're not that close. And I'm not That's blaming true. parenting or, you know, trying to make some bold but, statement about them being a terrible family or anything. But it's maybe just a, a difference in the way I've always thought of them than... And the way maybe the fandom thinks of them, the way it really is on the page. Like this ideal family. But part of that is the circumstances that society puts them in, right? Sansa doesn't spend a lot of time developing a warm relationship with her brothers because she's off doing the lady things all day and the boys are off doing the boy things all day. Yeah, I I see that. But still, there's still family dinner, man. Like Potentially, yeah. But then like Arya... I mean, she's got a relationship with John for sure because they both feel like loners. You mentioned yeah. Arya is kind of the loner and the tomboy, so she's got the relationship with John because he's the same way. But so I can see that being a natural relationship. But yeah, kind of the expectations placed on boys versus girls and stuff keeps them apart. Yeah, but you make a good point about family dinner coming back together and stuff. And you would yeah. think with the with the you know the the lone wolf dies and the pack survives kind of feeling that that would have been a stress for Kat and Ned. 
And if you really look at it, there's not a... Maybe there... I will admit I haven't read the mainline books in a while. And so maybe there's a lot of kind of subtext in there that's supposed to make you feel like they're close that I just don't remember. Totally possible. It's just there's not a lot of mentions or like moments that stick out between them. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you talk about like subtext and stuff. Just the fact that none of the children had been um, sent off as wards or anything yep. like that says a lot about kind of the keeping the family together, unity, pack survival mentality. Right. So things like that could could point to that emphasis by the parents yeah yeah but it does seem i will say it seems like bran and sansa would be kind of the closest the most similar mm-hmm. they're both they both the like stories they both kind of like the the night that's true kind of mythology like yeah mm-hmm. it feels like they're the quote-unquote best kids you know like they're the, the dreamers they're the paragons of maybe rob too but you know, they're they're the paragons of what the, the parents want them to be, right? Sure, yeah. Feels like. Yeah. So they should be point. close, but maybe the age gap makes that difficult. I can see that for sure. For sure, for sure. Yeah. She's, what, 13 I mean, and he's 7? It's a pretty big game. Get big game. Yeah, I, I've got, uh, I've actually got siblings that I'm 6 and 7 years apart from, and I remember, like, as a teenager, pretty much ignoring them for the most part (laughs) i mean i wasn't mean to them or exclusionary but we didn't i can't think of times that we like spent together yeah other than like family vacations and everything yeah um and we got close i'm really close with both of them now yeah uh, as adults but yeah yeah so i can see it i was three years younger than my sister and two years older than my brother and Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like we were kind of tied to the hip most of the time. Hmm. Yep. But, but nothing as big as six, right? I feel like that would have yeah. been too much. I, yeah. yeah, I, I have so a sister understand. that's two years younger than me, and we were a lot closer. Right. Yeah. Closer then than we are now, actually, to be honest. Still love you, sis. <laughs> she doesn't. She, she's not listening. And I don't blame her. She's not listening, <laughs> nor will she ever. But... Nor... <laughs> Sometimes I wonder, like, when I die, uh, will my wife dig these up and listen? Sometimes dude, I wonder. Will Eowyn be like, I need to hear his voice again. And, like, dig these up. Put this on. Like, what was the name of that podcast? What's the name of that podcast? Maybe I can find it. I'll do a one of those Google searches. Yeah, I actually think about it a lot in terms of my kids. Like, if they listen to this someday kids too what in yeah. the world are they gonna think of their old man yeah this is why he didn't tuck me in all those nights <laughs> king's landing should we do king's landing kings so let's see um well i was going to let's see i was going to talk this this bleeds into it what bran ends up doing in king's landing okay go for it because I had some ideas. Yeah. Because um, the question is, is what's Bran going to do once he gets there? Is he going to pal around with Arya, kind of? That's kind of the question, right? That was kind of my initial idea, is it seems like they would have fun exploring together. They might. Ned um, might kind of try to like get him right into the castle reg- regimen, right? With training. and. So that's my big thing. Make him is... a squire, or does Ned just kind of like let him go? I don't know. 
I, I put some bullets together on that, that I think he's going to make, try to get Bran uh, to be a page or a ward. Right. I was reading up on those things, and that usually happens in Westeros. This actually says this on the wiki. I didn't think that I would find this on the wiki. Did you just do Google search page, A Song of Ice and Fire? I just went to a wiki of ice and fire and typed in page. <laughs> and it takes you to a page on knighthood, actually, and then a section in the night section on pages. That, uh, that commonly happens around age six or seven. Okay. Um, and that's kind of seen as the early pathway to becoming a knight. Uh, now, one interesting thing. This is this is getting way deeper than I'd planned. Um, the reason we don't have a lot of knights in the north is because it's an Andal tradition, right? To become a knight, you yeah. have to stand vigil in the sept and make vows yeah, yeah, to yeah. the seven and all that. Now there are exceptions like Jorah Mormont is a knight. He was knighted on the battlefield and all yep. those things. Um, so George, apparently this came up in a So Spake Martin said that even a boy who is being fostered but not training to be a knight because, say, he doesn't follow the faith of the seven, can perform the duties of a page and a squire without strictly being one. That actually came up in a So Spake Martin. What? In say it again. Say it again. So say Bran is never going to become an actual knight because he has to, uh, because he doesn't subscribe to the faith of the seven. Yeah. He can still kind of be taken on as a quotation mark page or squire performing those duties yeah without actually technically being one the duties of a page or the duties of a both so i think page and squire is meant like you're on a track to become a knight yeah you know what i mean yeah so but 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 we just had the example of jorah you just said it yourself but he doesn't subscribe knighted. to the faith and he still becomes uh -huh. a knight because so, he was knighted on like a battlefield in the yeah but couldn't any knight any knight can make a knight as we know with dunk right yep. anybody could do it at any point like whether he's following so what the i'm saying or is not. but the, the point i'm trying to get to this i don't care to debate pages and squires and stuff like that is that either way even bran being from the north and everything he can still be sent off as a ward as a page and i think ned would do that I agree. Eddard's Ed, Eddard spent time as a ward to John Aaron. Depends on what you mean um, by send off. I, think that, I don't think he's sending them any anywhere far. I think he's keeping them in King's Landing. I put a. I I don't think he would send him far away either. Um, I was wondering if Barrick. Mm. It seems like Eddard respects Barrick. He's the one he sent to kill Gregor. So maybe he uh, does single out Barrick in another way by asking him to take on his. Son as but a didn't Barrick have Edric already? Mm, did he? Isn't that where Edric what? Edric Dane? Like? Yeah. Yeah. So we'd have to... That's potentially an issue. But whatever. Um, the idea is the same, right? Like somebody there locally. Right. Stannis, if he can oh, track geez. down Stannis. We mm. have that whole thing with uh, Ro Robert Aaron, right? Yeah. Yeah. Where he was going to be That's where I got the idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Renly, I don't know if uh, Eddard respects Renly enough to even bring that up. I mean, and I think we I'll... can assume there would be quite a few options. So there. my final one, Ooh. it's an interesting one that I think Ned would outright refuse. 
is the Lannisters. Of course he is. He's investigating a murder purportedly done by the Lannisters. So I can see Jamie wanting that in order to keep Bran close. Diabolical. Keep a lid on him. Continue that emotional abuse to keep him quiet. Yeah, Ned would definitely refuse that. Here's the thing. What if Triple B insisted because of Cersei? Still think Ned would refuse. Ned, Ned killed a dire wolf because Triple B insisted because of what Cersei said. Now, a dire wolf is different than a son. Mm-hmm. So, I, where I'm getting at, I think Ned would still refuse. I don't think it would happen. But, man, if it's, successful, that's it's could an be, interesting implication. That could be really bad. Yeah. Especially oh, for Rob once bad. he comes south, right? Continued, continued abuse. Bran ruined as a human, basically. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd be bad. Yep. Because they're not interested in developing Bran. No, suppressing him. Taking it's... him from Squire to Knight and everything. Yeah. Nope. Make nope. him a failed pot boy. That's what mm-hmm. they want. Yep. Yeah. As long as he keeps quiet. So that'd be terrible. But, uh, yeah. Well, let's give him to uh, the Summer Islander. What's his name? Uh, that guy. Don't don't tell me to try to pronounce his name. Jalabar. Jalabar. <laughs> oh, Jalabar. Jalabar Joe. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh uh, Jal- Jalabar Joe. Jalabar. Yeah, the last name starts with the X. Yeah. First name's the J. I was thinking of Zaro Joe and Jalabar Joe. <laughs> Daxos. <laughs> Davos. <laughs> uh, final thing I'll point out is we have three direwolves in King's Landing as opposed to zero. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that does. But... Oh, it does a lot for me. I love me some direwolves. Be kind of cool, right? Yeah. Lady lives. A... Nymeria doesn't run off. Yeah. Uh, and Summer, of course, with Bran. So how do their um, warg powers develop? Yeah. Do you see Sansa showing some of that? I think they all they do. Get crazy. I think I think they all will. I think. You know, Bran, like we said, kind of being in a bed and not being able to move allows him to develop faster. I think Arya is maybe the most potent besides Bran, and she develops slower because her wolf is so far away, but also maybe develops faster because she misses her so much. Mm-hmm. And Sansa, who never developed as a warg, uh, we don't know what her potential might have been. But right. I, f- I feel like she's very empathic. Uh, she's very heady. She can sense what people are thinking and feeling sometimes and, and react quickly. She might have a good, she might have a good head for that. Ooh, I just thought of this. What happens then if the arrest goes down and they start coming after the kids with the kids having those dire wolves? (sighs) The dire wolves get massacred. Probably. And they usually killed and everything. Well, I mean, they usually send like lots of people, right? Right. The direwolves would yeah. kill some, but I imagine the direwolves are dying. Kids right. might escape. I mean, who knows? But so the direwolves, the ah, that's tragic. The direwolves probably still die. Yeah. But they do it protecting the kids. Yeah. Buying them time, similar to Sirio Pharrell. Yeah, I mean, to Sansa escape. If you presume everything still stays the same, you know, Sansa gets taken from her room or at the yeah. court where she's ad- admitting that. 
Ned is going to take them away. And right. If you're assuming yeah. Arya is still water dancing, if she doesn't get too distracted by Bran, um, you know, being wow. there, then she's still water dancing. Yeah. Which is a note I do have, but. Yep. Still, probably, though, she's either away from her wolf or they get overpowered. Wow. I didn't think about that. Which? Right now. The water dancing? No, the wolf thing. Yeah, I didn't either. I mean, they're still just wolves, but big ones. I assume they get overpowered, but. Yeah. Definitely changes the game a little bit. Put up a fight, at least. Yeah. Yeah, you think of what Summer did to the cat spa, so. But it does it does rob Bran of Summer, most likely, in the future. That's true. So that has huge implications. For him. Well, yeah. I, less than before. I mean, Summer is such a huge tether to him because it's how he explores the world once he's crippled. But That's true. Maybe a That's little less now, I guess, but still important. Still the outlet for him to explore his tremendous gift. So Yep. Yep. Anyway. Wow. Okay. More there than we thought, I guess. Definitely. King's Landing. We've already kind of been there a little bit. We're in King's Landing, so... <laughs> Does the existence of another seven to eight-year-old in King's Landing really make a difference to the politics and the overall je ne sais quoi of King's Landing? Nah. Yeah. Um, that was my answer, too. I don't think so. Uh, I think I can see, like... It, so I think Bran would be warded out. First of all, he'd be yeah. sent off as a ward or a page. But if not, I can see uh, rather than Serial Pharrell having one student having two, and Ned just being like, "You That'd two, be cool. you two are going water dancing together." I feel like the water dancing is more of a private, secret thing, and he would want Brand to get the more formal knight training. That's so true. I'm with you. I think he'd be, you know, a page or warded out or mm-hmm. something. Yeah, in, training in the yard, kind of a thing, but. Mm-hmm. There's also a lot of new things for Bran to climb. Yeah, and so I can see it being like, um, you you put a bullet point, is this one more thing to stress Ned out? And I kind of meant the water dancing as a way of like minimizing Ned's stress a little bit. Like, I cannot keep an eye on this kid. I cannot keep him on the ground. So you know what? You're going with Arya to her dancing, who her water dancing, just so I know where you are <laughs> for at least a, a few hours of the day. <laughs> Yeah, but, that's a good point. It's like babysitting. Um, almost. It's almost like their daycare, and I hate to relegate Serio yeah. to that. but um, Relegate. Man, I think we've all learned a lot about how valuable uh, teachers and daycare providers are in these times of COVID. Nice plug. Yeah. Yeah, man. Should be paying them a lot more. Should be respecting them a lot more. Should be giving them more funding. My, uh, my brother, aforementioned brother, teaches second grade, and he is just... The poor guy is one of the greatest humans I know, and he is stressed out of his mind. He's one of the most easygoing people I know, and I see him now, and there's just, like, dark circles oh. under his eyes. And yeah. and it's because he cares. He cares so much for his students, and yeah. he wants that contact with him. He wants that interaction with him. He wants to know that they're internalizing and learning and growing, and he just can't as well yeah. as as he used to. And yeah we made i think i maybe have said on this podcast before we made the decision to have a quit her job basically before the school year started to 
help homeschool, not homeschool exactly, uh, online school. Uh, our yeah, kids. just kind of be there. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I think we, I don't know, man, it's weird. You make all these decisions in the moment thinking you're right. and <laughs> I'm not saying we were wrong necessarily. It's just that there haven't been the outbreaks that we were really afraid of. I, I was afraid for much worse than what we've seen here. Sure. And um, I'm certainly, for those that don't know, I'm, I'm in a, a reasonably risky health category and we were a little worried about it and we kept her home. But I was talking to her the other day and just, you know, she's, she's in a bad place i think i don't she's never not worked before and that's got to be so it's weird for yeah. her it's it's very different and so she's struggling with self-worth and you know all sorts of things and she's yeah. such a beautiful person and so valuable to our family and to the world at large for sure with her kindness but she's struggling to see the value she provides sometimes and she, but even she said i don't i don't want to be teaching right now it sounds so difficult you're dealing with kids that are in and out. You're dealing with a schedule that might change at any minute. You're sometimes you're doing online classes and in-class classes, and you have to teach both at the same time. Sometimes depending on the school, it sounds awful. I don't I don't want to be there right now. So I'm I'm glad in a way. Yeah. And so my thoughts are with your. I think you said it was your brother. Right, my brother. He says he gets to school at about six in the morning, and he's recording lessons for his at-home kids and yep. then he goes and teaches his normal day until what three o'clock or whatever it's ridiculous and then he's no he's still he stays at school to finish recording the lessons for the at-home kids he's not getting home till 6 6 30 at night no he's man 12 hour days um and it's and you know what they'll get when this is over nothing Thanks. Yep. You did a great job. Thanks, Here's... man. Yep. I need you to take over the Tuesday, Thursday program after school from now on. Yep. Yeah. What do you mean you can't do it? You just stayed till six or seven before. You can do it now for sure. This is less time. It's that's what they'll get. Oh, I just but they this do country it teaches they love teachers the kids. treats teachers like garbage. Like pop boys. Yeah. <laughs> like like Jamie would teach would treat Bran. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on before I start smashing things. Yeah, it's uh, it's very near and dear to both of us. So, um, probably more near and dear to you. No, but, I think. Uh, I mean, it's not a competition. Yeah, no. Um, here's one thing where I do think it'll affect uh, King's Landing: um, paranoia on the part of Cersei. I kind of yeah. mentioned it before. Okay. I I think if Jamie, we talked about Jamie, and I think he might be able to be kind of. He's like, oh, Cersei yeah, is this, not this that not way. She... Anything. Cersei, <laughs> I can, she's a wreck with, with seeing Bran potentially every day at the red keep and everything. Oh man. I, I hate to say this, buddy. I can see her getting to the point that she actually tries to have him killed. I really, can. I agree. I, I agree. I didn't think of it until you said it, but I agree. She it is be so easy paranoid about it. threats that don't exist. She's yeah. certainly going to be paranoid that, about this threat that does exist. Mm -hmm. i agree totally quietly have someone kill him in his sleep or something like that like i mean which kettle black does she have to sleep with it's easy (laughs) right i i mean that's easy decision for her Mm -hmm. sleep with one person and kill the threat i think she would do it in a second 
I, yeah. with with Jamie maybe more at her disposal, she might just try to have him do it if she could convince him to. But um, get, like he said in that quote that I read earlier, just to get her off his back, right? <laughs> fine, if you'll just stop talking to me about it, fine. Jeez, leave uh, me alone. It's just a pillow over the face at night. As much as I hate to talk about it, but um, and then this whole episode just ends, so we're good. <laughs> <laughs> what about Ned and the mystery he's unraveling? Does that does any of that change? Uh, no. I think the only potential wrinkle, and I don't even know where to start with the exploration of this wrinkle, is Tyrion being in King's Landing. Yeah, and I don't have anything concrete, but it feels like Tyrion would. Suss out part that of he's that. sussing it out. Yeah, or something. Yeah. But then it's like, what would Tyrion do? Yeah. Because he knows about Jamie and Cersei. Yeah. Uh, and he hasn't said anything because of how much he loves Jamie. And he knows that if it word got out, Jamie's life would probably be over. Yeah. Um, and uh, same with the kids. Um, so it's like, but he hates Cersei. <laughs> so would, what would Tyrion do? Would he try to throw Eddard off the scent? Would if he... he were brought into the plot and said, hey, we got this whole thing going on. Just wanted you to know, baby brother, can you help? He might help. If he's not brought into the plot, he might just leave it alone. Yeah. I don't know. He's got such an interesting relationship with his siblings that I could see him just kind of not get involved unless they bring him in. Mm -hmm. But I I think Ned isn't going to change what he's doing. You know, Cat coming to King's Landing or no, Dragonbone Dagger or no, he was still sent there from the Lens letter, from the Irish Lens. Yeah, Uh, from Lysa. From Lysa to still go troubleshoot this whole thing and see what was going on i think he's going to do that it might take him a little longer he doesn't have maybe as much evidence as he had but i think he's going to get there and frankly i think that would be his undoing and the start of the war of the five kings this is the easiest point to 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 point at for the start of the war to me he's getting close and they're like ah okay let's stop him put him in jail he did something bad he you know said the king was an a-hole whatever trumped up reason they can come up with and they throw him in jail uh and much like ned's bro and dad nearly 20 years ago he's seized and locked up and that starts the rebellion now his his leg is good not that it will make much of a difference at this point well we talked about uh... that a couple episodes ago uh it does make a difference but uh maybe not tangibly for this episode right Jory lives a little longer. Yeah. Hopefully a lot longer. Maybe he goes east and makes a sellsword company. Maybe. I st- I think he I started thinking about that and I go, now he probably gets offed when the rest of the Stark house guards get offed, but <laughs> maybe Jory's resourceful enough that he could get away. But... Fight your way free. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I hope so. I hope so. Love me some Jory Cassell. Me too. Taken away from us way too soon. But... Indeed. Uh, is that all you got on King's Landing? I don't have a whole lot more. I just, I guess, just in summary, Tyrion's there. 
He's doing mm-hmm. Tyrion things. He might uncover some stuff that Ned's trying to do, and might still be named Hand of the King. Might still be Hand of the King. I don't think Bran changes a whole lot. Ned's still, you know, looking for an answer. As all this stuff starts unraveling, he's still trying to probably get his kids out, but does it too late? Um, you know, as he figures out the secret, I don't. I don't think a whole lot changes really. That that's a theme for a lot of the episode for me. I, for some to some degree, I don't think a lot changes. Until you get, that's how maybe, we do segues in this business. Maybe just the, the timeline is advances. Well, let me ask you this yes. question. I'm just throwing a wrench in your segue. I am oh, so no. sorry. At first the it seg, was rush, seg, and now uh, it's and now I'm doing the seg wrench. Uh, seg but just just to wrap this thing up with, uh, Ned gets executed. Do you think, say Arya and Bran are together? Do you think just everything still happens basically with Arya? Um, but now Bran is there too. Well, that's a very long answer, depending on how far you want me to go with Oof. everything happening to Arya. Uh, if you assume still that 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 Bran was doing his thing in the training yard and Arya was still getting water dancing lessons, probably it's pretty similar, and similar things happen. You know, butterfly flaps its wings, etc. But right, uh, you know, she could still escape and still do the things that she does and end up going north with Yorn and all of that stuff, probably. Maybe on a slightly different timeline, it still could happen. But with Bran in tow, potentially? I doubt it. I would think, I mean, in this in this scenario I'm pitching, I think they're not really together at the okay. time yeah. that they're being seized. Mm-hmm. But it's possible. Um, it's interesting whether or not Bran would have uh, been a bit of a wet blanket on the flee and jump through the windows and run around the corner and jump through the bakery and do all of the things that Arya has to do to get away. Whether he'd been like, wait, what are we doing? You know, like my father and, you know, like... Yeah, he's got the like, physical let's capability, think obviously, to do that. But oh, sure, yeah, he could do he it, whether his brain thinking. would be like, we shouldn't be doing this. Or sure. Arya's just so much more spur of the moment that and that's when her instincts do that. In. Yeah, yeah. Right. Bran wants to do the right thing. He would feel guilt later and all these things, right? Right. Yeah. That's an interesting question. I didn't put a lot of notes down there. Now, if he's a ward of someone, then the question is, the Lannisters would probably come after him, wherever he is a ward at or a page at. Yeah. And then, well, they would that... just tell whatever family it is to hold him, right? Right. Would that family do what? Would they follow what the Lannisters want, or would they maybe side with the Starks? I guess sure. It depends on where he is. Depends who it is. Yeah. 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 If he's with Stannis. Stannis throws in the finger. Bran's all good. Yeah, here, Bran, meet Davos Seaworth. Go to Storm's End quickly. Yeah, Courtney Cor- Penrose will protect Courtney's, you until he Courtney's dies. Courtney's got your back, man. <laughs> until the shadow baby comes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, okay. Um, seg away, Scad. <laughs> now that you can't. Well, just just to continue with that Arya thread because you pulled it, and Arya is my favorite character, so whoops, I have to now dangle it a little bit. Mm-hmm dangle the dong here um i think it happens if, as you get older as long as she gets away <laughs> well some more than others uh as long as she gets away uh you might think it'd be the same but no because the brotherhood without banners aren't there yep the yep. the trial of the rivalins is different i don't know if it's as burned if armory lorch is doing all, all the things that he's doing because he's not being challenged by anyone or if it's exactly the same, or maybe Orange just makes his way through, or 
it's a, it's a little bit different, right? I don't I don't know. I, I didn't spend a ton of time thinking about it, but it might not necessarily be exactly the same. Right. Yep. Even uh, some of Arya's uh, list stuff might be a little different. Say the stuff with Micah doesn't oh, happen. Oh God, yeah. Arya doesn't have that same. Um, yep. That same hatred for Sandor Clegane. Yep. Uh, there's a lot of things going on in her mind that could be a little different. So. Yeah. Lots and lots. I agree. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm segueing away then. Yeah. Uh, so the biggest by far i think impact saving it till the end <laughs> yeah I, I hope you have some groundbreaking stuff because my stuff I, is middling at best yeah. uh but the biggest effect this has for sure is with the others in the battle for the wall in the north mm-hmm. um and you said you teased earlier that you had some notes about does the three-eyed co find someone else to fill brand's role you want to dive into the things you kind of teased there uh, it's just a thing and um you already mentioned it too which means me to believe that maybe you thought about it is uh i wonder if the three-eyed crow with bran being down in king's landing turns to rickon mm-hmm. yeah um, i had that note so rickon uh shows that he's got some of the same potential as bran both in my opinion it's light but it's there as a warg and as a green seer. He dreamt of Ned's coming home. He did. Right? His um he he started crying when the raven came before that carried the message of Ned's death. Mm-hmm. He started crying about it even before he knew what the the note was going to say. And Remember, he's very a, in tune with his wolf too emotionally. So I think that there's warging already happening there. Yep. Uh his his biggest times of what we would just consider toddler three-year-old outbursts i think i didn't analyze it too closely were pretty much when shaggy dog was being kenneled and being kind of tied up right and so mirroring that those feelings of shaggy dog yeah i think are are signs of early warging now remember he's only three years old so he's going off emotion and feeling and everything he doesn't understand if he's having these dreams really what's happening i've got a three-year-old nephew and he doesn't understand what's going on um but that's kind of part of the how he feels it kind of is isn't it i think so it kind of i mean this isn't a gig anyone wants Nope. Come north 500 miles where it's freezing and you'll probably die. And I'll show you some stuff. It only works on Bran because he really wants to walk. Right. Or fly. And it's not a it's it's not just a gig anyone would want, but Rickon, like you said, he has shown some traits. He's also very vulnerable. He's been left all alone in Winterfell mm-hmm. for like two or three years. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, I'm assuming that, that he doesn't probably reach out right away the way he's done with Bran and that he reaches out to Rickon when he's six or so, yeah, he, which is he, around yeah, 300 time where we are. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I feel like anything earlier than that, and it would be, God, I mean, I, I think of, I think of Pippin, my six year old. And <laughs> I mean, there's no way he could handle a journey like that, but right. um, you know, maybe he makes it happen somehow, right. but he was uh, one of my candidates. Yeah. I think so too. And um, it's, we always picture Bran as like this unique snowflake 
And maybe he is. But also, maybe Rickon has just as much potential. He's just so young right now, we're not seeing it as much. You heard and it he here, disappears. Man. And is he, the shit. He disappears off page in halfway through these books. He's I'm gone. not giving up on him. So, I'm not giving nor, up. Nor should you. But uh, and and you know, I talked about how there needs to be like a catalyst with Bran. It was the fall and everything. Yep. Um, you talked the abandonment. Rickon, it's the abandonment. If Winterfell still gets sacked, and I think in this timeline it still does, Probably. and say Rickon survives. Now we don't have Osha in this timeline. Um. But we still could have Mira and Joe. Well, we probably still have Osha. They, they, she was captured. Oh, trying well, to kidnap after Brand. the tower, but I'm not sure that means she wouldn't have come. She might have still come, but she was caught trying to kidnap Bran. Yeah, but and I mean, so, they were making their way south. They were kind of going on a sojourn through the woods to hunt. So they I mean, I guess you could say they might or might not have caught, done that. Hunt. Yeah. Yeah, or they might not have come across anybody and yeah, kept going. Right. Like yep, they yep, didn't yep. find this crippled kid. Yep. Um, so totally, you're right. It could go either way. Right. But that sacking of King's Landing, if he's able to still survive that, or not King's Landing, Winterfell, uh, that could be a significant event for him. So it would be, no doubt. Yeah, but, it would definitely be. Yeah, I mean they they make a big point of it, just even with ever with cat and Ned not being around and and mm-hmm. rick and clinging to rob's robes right right yep and wouldn't leave him alone about it he's he for sure feels abandoned and if mm-hmm. <laughs> if branded too and then cat and rob did and he was like the only one yeah i see it being pretty dramatic the other one i had on my list was jojen there you go I don't really understand why Jojen isn't like the isn't automatic there candidate. anyways. Like he's already <laughs> got dreams. He's a little bit older and seems very malleable. He's like, yeah, man, I'll do whatever you tell me in the dreams. The only just, thing I can think just of send is me a dream. I'll do it. I'll do whatever. Need, I'll do it. I yeah. If there it. needs to be some sort of start component to it. I don't know. Yeah. You think I, that's the only thing I can think of. Yeah. I mean, I have that somewhere in my notes, like uh, just asking like, what did the show do? Like, why why does it need to be Bran? I'm, I know I'm spoiling it a little bit, but like, how was his journey north like so important? It feels like it is. I feel like George is giving us all the hints that tell me it is. Uh, the way he writes these chapters. Uh, where do I have it? Um, um, I went on a mini like sub dive through Bran's chapters and dance, and just the way he has it written, these Bran chapters feels like he's a linchpin the whole thing falls apart without him I'm, I'm not sure how right i can't figure out how but the forces of good will need brand before this is through somehow mm-hmm. i feel that way and i feel like i don't know whether the show dealt with that like or whether it was like nah, he left the cave and he got the knowledge he needed or like what they did but i feel like he needs to be in the cave to make a difference in the war so that they win that's what i feel like yeah, I totally understand that. There's a theory out there, and I think maybe variations of it have been touched on, that kind of resonated with me, that Bran is meant to, it's a Star Wars theme, kind of bring Ooh. balance, that Ugh. there's a sinister side, and there's actually a really good side. And the sinister side, 
might be like um, Blood Raven's workings with Euron Greyjoy, mm. and the good side being Bran, and there kind of being a balancing effect. So you think he's this theory rather purports that he's still working with Euron, that he didn't let that relationship go. Yes, I've heard variations of that. That like he's using Euron for a purpose to like get the dragons to Westeros. That he's not seeing Euron as the next three-eyed crow. I think it's pretty obvious that Bran's meant to be kind of that yeah. novice in training to take over that role. Yeah, but that Euron is still being used for a purpose of like getting the dragons to Westeros or doing those types of things. So. Yeah. I, 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 like I mentioned, I kind of read the last two and a half chapters of Bran. You know, it's interesting in Dance with Dragons, Bran's chapters end like halfway through that book. So we haven't heard from Bran in about 500 pages, which is not a record because we have other POVs that end in Feast. But, <laughs> um, but, we don't know what's going on. The last thing that happens with him is he's he's like learning and he eats the what people call the Jojen paste and he goes back and sees through the weirwood tree he's Ned and then changing he sees, into Hodor. He's, yep, he's skipping. Well, he does that too. But the last thing we see is he's skipping time, right? Yeah, through the weirwood tree, seeing Ned and then seeing what we assume to be Lyanna and and. Uh, Benjen, and then we see, um, you know, Starks of old, and we see Old Nan and and Dunk maybe, and we see mm-hmm. we see different things. Um, but that's all you get. That's all you get from Bran. We have no other than that. We don't know what happens. It's it is. I feel like it's not talked about enough. This is a huge cliffhanger for like. It's months of time. Like that that whole chapter follows. It's a theme. It follows like the cycles of the moon. It's, I didn't count them, but it's several months that go by, right. and we're following, you know, the growth of this child as he becomes one with the trees, with this old creepy guy that he doesn't tell you anything really about his motivations or what he wants or what his goals are. Or why he summoned Bran. He doesn't say any of that stuff. There's only one chapter. I think sometimes people forget because that chapter is long and there's a lot going on. We only get one chapter under the hill. One. Crazy, right? And we're just supposed to just project like, oh, this is Bran's role. He's going to do this. Who knows? He can look through trees. Great. What is the why? Why is the question, right? Yeah. I think the very nature of the what you're saying that we're not given a lot is an indication that we're going to get a lot that it's yeah. something important that George is purposefully keeping back from us yeah. to make the reveal more impactful at some Here, point. A little quote just from the last chapter of Bran. Cool. This is from Leaf, mm-hmm. uh the the child of the forest uh, uh, referencing referencing Brendan who we all seem to be Blood Raven. Yep. He lingers for us, for you, for the realms of men. For the realms of men, Matt. 
Blood Raven went forth from the wall mm-hmm. with Dark Sister, I think. We'll find out. Uh, into the forest, knowing he wasn't coming back to go do this thing, couldn't do it by himself, and had to get help, and reached out for Bran. Bran specifically, because he had skills, I think, that Brendan doesn't have. And and I'll amend that just a little bit. Skills or blood. <laughs> If you think he just wants this. him for his blood? Well, no. I, I mean, like, uh, old gods, oh, Stark, yeah. if there's something yeah, to do. Blood Raven has that. some of that blood. He's, he he's, does. Uh, he's half that, right? He's Yeah, he's uh, he's Blackwood. Um, but Blackwood, did I get that right? Uh, Melissa? Yeah. I'm pretty right. sure it's Blackwood. Come on. Reckon. Be confident, Scad. Be confident. You know your shit. Uh, yeah, he's, so he's got some Northern blood, but maybe not enough is, I guess what you're saying. Or if there's something specific about the Starks, there's, there's little clues about this specific destiny or potential of the Starks. There must always be a Stark under the mount, under the, under the hill. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, it does seem, it does Ah. seem like there's something important there. There's some importance to the lineage. If not. If not, like you're saying, why not Jojen? Jojen's willing, ready, smart. Like his so dad seems perfectly fine with him going wherever he wants. <laughs> so if you need some, if you need a quick fix, Jojen's your man. Yeah. He's, so uh, the fact that he's it's the booty not call Jojen, available at any time. Right. Uh, so if it's not Jojen, you know, what's different? Why not Jojen? Stark blood. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. Think, I don't think you're right. Unless it's a warging component, which is important. People have talked a lot about Bran warging a dragon, which I don't think mm-hmm. really use warging as a verb, but I did it again. Uh, skin changing. Skin changing. Okay, guys, skin changing. Gosh. Jeez. Um, it's Tolkien all over again with, uh, with some of the imagery here. Uh, another thing from the chapter. Leaf indicated that all of the quote unquote magical creatures were dead or dying off. The dire this is now a direct quote, not my air quotes. The dire wolves will outlast us all, but even their time will come. Oh. Man has polluted this land against them, basically. Mm-hmm. It's uh it's Tolkien's, you know, machine that Saruman builds against nature, kind of all over again. And you wonder what is is Bran kind of like the last vestige of kind of magic that they're trying to tap into to kind of save all magic, or is it just about the wall and humanity? Yeah, help us, Obi Bran Kenobi. Or Obi Rickon Kenobi. Yeah. <laughs> Whomever. Yeah. Interesting question, Kalisar. Interesting. Tell us question. what you think. I'd be interested uh, to hear. The summary though is I think Bran, I think the North is fucked if if they can't bring Bran up from the south. I feel like he is special. I feel like Jojen nor Rickon probably can just easily replace him, especially given the timeline. 
because because here here's the here's the reason why. The simple answer is if if Blood Raven just needed help, he could have somebody summoned somebody thirty years ago. Yep. He needed Anakin. He needed the chosen one. He needed someone to bring balance to the force. He needed a special someone, and that special someone is Bran. And if that person is all the way in King's Landing and can't convince anyone to give him a taxi ride on the Meyerham, you know, up there, then I feel like the realm was a little bit screwed. But yeah. bad planning by Blood Raven. Like we're talking about eggs in a basket, right? Yeah. Protect the one egg or whatever. So. That's right. Yep. Or selection, case selection. <laughs> yeah, those are the letters. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Why are they R and K? Oh, I mean, what you are asking requires that I know about science instead of just As opposed watched to like a Bill Nye episode. J and Q. Oh, all right. Oh, I bet I, if I thought about it, I bet I could get it. But we There's don't have time There's got to be some that. reason, right? Someone will know. Yeah. Someone always knows. That's one thing I've learned doing this podcast with you, Skad. If you Somebody... and I don't know, someone always knows. And usually we don't. And usually <laughs> someone else does. And they'll. Usually and usually that tell person us. is Beefish. Uh, one small note that I just threw in the north section because I didn't know where else to put it Um, the whole thing could we haven't talked about Jon Snow at all (laughs) no we have not Uh, not once normally because it doesn't really touch him at the wall but remember remember him he's south of the wall near Queen's Crown with Egret and Magnar and he's saved. looking for a way to break away from them in order to yeah. go back to Castle Black to warn them that the wildlings are coming. It's summer that saves him. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, John's got to find another way to get away. And he's resourceful. He probably does find a way. But, he may. Uh, it won't be because of the dire wolf jumping out of the darkness to attack those those poor wildlings or does the whole thing happen with Bran I mean I guess it probably does hmm I guess it probably does there's no reason why Bran going to King's Landing would alter events at the wall I, su- I, I suppose the only thing would be is if John was never able to get away to warn Castle Black or if he was too late or something yeah it's but I again, I think John's pretty resourceful. I think he still finds a way to get away. Uh, so it probably wouldn't alter things too much. Yeah. All right. Are we uh... on that note, I think we've covered it all. <laughs> we ready to how, close out? How does it? How does it affect Danny Scad? How does it affect Stannis? We've barely mentioned Stannis. Um... Only in the sense that the neither, neither of them can win the war against the others without him. Other than that, it doesn't. The realms of men, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. That's all of as them. As Leaf mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> the, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. My, Gwen Gretzky. Michael, Michael Scott. Scott. <laughs> That's yeah. like you. The realms of men. Leaf. Scatty. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you ready for sign off? All right. Yeah, Scatty, let's finish up here. Um, so this is Matt signing off, quoting a, a certain wizard who the author and creator of said wizard, um, is not very popular right now for some very valid reasons, but uh, mm-hmm. a quote from this wizard has 
stuck with me and it came to mind today and I looked it up to get the exact quote right. But uh, this is Matt signing off, quoting Albus Dumbledore, saying, Dark and difficult times lie ahead, and soon we must all face the choice between what is right and what is easy. And that's where the quote could stop. But I'm going to go a little further and say, But remember this, Kalisar, you have friends here. You're not alone. Yeah, an important message. Uh, mine's similar in a few ways. Um, these are strange times, Kalisar. A 24-hour news cycle can seemingly change everything. <laughs> 24 hours ago, just about right now, uh, Trump was writing his tweet that he had coronavirus. And I didn't find out for eight more hours when Eowyn came up from her morning workout and told me and interrupted my planning for this episode. But though that 24-hour news cycle can seem to change everything, it doesn't really. Not really. What's important to you doesn't change. Don't get caught up in the news and the Twitter and the Facebook and everything else. You, <laughs> you guys know what's important to you. If you close your eyes and focus on it for a few seconds, it can become crystal clear. And no matter what happens with 45 or the election or any of it, you have control over you. Just focus on that. Focus on what you can do to protect what is important to you and be well. Timely message. And know that we're here. Indeed. All right. Good night, Kalisar. Good night, Matt. Good night. Good night, Scatty. Good night, everybody. Hello. How you doing? I don't know if you saw my text. Oh shit, no. That's all right. My oh, it explains shit. my tardiness. Literally. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> it's like 9:25 and I'm like, "You know what? I'm just going to go do my post show dump. Usually those go pretty quick." And uh pre-show. Pre-show. Yes. And um but my stomach was feeling a little bit churny, and sure enough, that was just a small taste of things to come. <laughs> I don't know if you saw our food conversation today. I did. Yeah, I, I saw. I saw it. I didn't. I didn't know. I was. Um, I mean, we've buried the lead here a little bit in our conversation, but I was glued to the news all day, following every which way this whole thing was going and I don't know what you're talking about yeah I'm sure you don't uh I I followed along with your conversation I even commented once or twice but I was I was Mm -hmm. too focused on the news cycle I was very distracted today Kalasar talked about eating like a brick of Velveeta (laughs) yes which is how my family used to do it when I was a kid Motsi and I have a similar similar upbringing, I guess. My, well, that's what I said on my tweet too. It's like I think we grew up in the same household. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what we did. It's always Velveeta in the fridge. Velveeta, and and we don't do that now. We use straight Tillamook cheddar in my house when we do grilled cheese. Mm-hmm. But uh, I grew up on the Velveeta, and I love it. I thought it was the best thing. Oh, 
I think that's what gave me the diarrhea tonight was just him saying that. <laughs> and it was like still warm and oozy. <laughs> oh gosh. It like burned, like man. the Velveeta sneaking out the backside of the sandwich when you hold it vertical. <laughs> My butthole still hurts. We're all sharing dude. the same memories. <laughs> you know it's true. Oh, I should have put on some gold bond or something. Oh, that would have stung. For those of you that uh, haven't put it together already, we are recording on the same day that Trump announced he is infected with coronavirus. Positivo, yep. Which has been, um, I don't know, Matt, how involved with it you are, but I'm pretty, I'm pretty engaged with that whole, with the politically and with the coronavirus in general and all of it, and right. it was just a, a very surreal day. For someone that is, um, I don't think it's any secret, um, very anti-Trump, it's a weird day because you never want to wish harm on a human being, and I don't, but at the same time, I'm not crying either, and I can't betray my true feelings. I'm not going to lie about it, you know, Um, and so it was just a very weird day. I feel guilt for how I feel. (laughs) Um, but it's how I feel and it's been very interesting. What's, uh, what are you, what are you doing? How are you? Where are you at? I, I'm fine. I'm is, I'm very anti-Trump. I knew that, Um, (laughs) but I don't, I don't, I don't know that I'm pro Biden, but I'm anti-Trump. I do know that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, (laughs) but I'm definitely, I, I wasn't as in engaged with it all the days you were i've read the news of course this morning and i this was my reaction <laughs> just like that and then yeah went on with my day to be honest i think with I'm, a, I'm a i'm a real sucker for dramatic irony uh a, re, a real <laughs> sucker that. for it certainly is that and i certainly so, recognize the irony in it yeah um so i couldn't tear uh, myself away and of course i'm yeah anyway i don't want to spend the podcast talking about it necessarily, but it's definitely something that affected my day. It's going to affect my podcast, uh, for sure. I'm in a, wow. I'm in a very weird place today. Um, okay. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, it's just so much bigger than just him. It's, it's got so many implications on the election, the Supreme court and other, other people being healthy or not. And, the country and how it responds to this because so many people are following him so closely and seeing this might jolt them into a change of behavior. And I don't know. It, it's just a very interesting or, day or cause them to double down. Might. It's uh, that's why it's so interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, um, we can cut all of that if you want to or outtake it. Uh, Oh, it'll be, it'll be outtakes for sure. <laughs> Yeah, anything pre anything pre welcome everyone to Davos yeah. fingers yeah, yeah that's fair point outtakeable fair point um in the natural order of things hold on I got got a major issue here hold on holy fuck what's going on <laughs> major issues like are your bowels rebelling too the Papa Murphy's takes us all no the major issue was like my microphone uh earpiece or my my headphone earpieces were like flipped and tangled it was a problem oh <clears throat> put that in the outtakes that's ri- riveting content for everyone i understand i understand all right ready you betcha uh aside we don't have to do the kevin smith thing 
why not? not that big a deal. Well, we can. But Please do. I'm. T- you tease me with it. Now I have to know. If you don't do it, I'm going to Google it while you're delivering your stuff later. <laughs> okay, yeah. So check out Good Place, everybody. Uh, fun happening that I noticed today. Scad didn't. Um, because he had his mind on other things. Trump of a political nature. Yeah. Uh, we're recording on the day that it was announced that the president of the United States tested positive for COVID-19. Weird day. Weird day for us. It's just a weird day. Keep going, Matt. Sorry. <laughs> but lo and behold, I see this teaser this morning, Scad. And it's like 30 seconds long. And it's just Kevin Smith. And he walks in to like a like a storefront type store, you know, the one that just opens out onto the street kind of stores um, yeah. that you just see like on a main street. He walks into it. It's empty, vacant. And he looks around like he's kind of checking it out. And he kind of walks up, walks into it, into the middle of it. And then he just says the line, I think this is the place. And that's it. Huh. It it wasn't it wasn't Joe's record shop or whatever it is, uh, below the Chasing Amy walk. Below is it? Chasing Amy, I, no, it was. I think it was too small to be that. Wasn't brick and big. Yeah. Okay. It it was yeah. Well, so he kind of when he walked into the room, he kind of made a hand motion like he walked to the center of the room and stood there, and then he like, it looked like he was like he made a hand motion like he was giving and taking money, like that's where a cash register might be, mm. which made me think clerks three yeah but it's definitely not the quick stop like it's obviously not the quick stop or hmm, then i thought maybe like they own a comic shop or something then i thought maybe comic book store it's that's that's the type of place where you have comic book stores right yeah it's kind of those brick and mortar buildings have a storefront did he did he look like himself or did he look like silent bob here's here's a trick he looked like himself he was in his purple blazer that he wears now yeah he was wearing a Moobies shirt and yeah, a Moobies shirt. face mask. So that okay. made me think maybe they're opening an actual Moobies. They've done oh, Moobies pop-ups over the summer. Yeah. Maybe they're opening up an actual Did, Moobies. You know how Silent Bob has like the way he moves his hands? Mm-hmm. Like deliberately and like sharply and then like tucks them away. Like did he move his hands like Silent Bob in the transaction? That's a that's a good question. Yeah, it kind of was Silent Bob-ish. Actually, but so well, I'm gonna look it up as soon as we're done recording. Are we done yet? Right. Um, yep, good night, Calisar. <laughs> now, the, all right, but the movies thing could also go along with clerks, right? They worked at movies, they did too. Yep, so, they did. I don't yes. know, I don't know, but he said, uh, coming, he, um, the, the text along with the video, the post, it was on Facebook, said like 2020's been a drag or something like that 2021 let's have some fun or hmm. something so interesting yeah maybe it'll, maybe it'll just be it. like a themed morris day in the time restaurant could be could be i admit i um for those that that follow me personally on facebook not probably many of you but i've been totally off facebook it's a I, dark place right now i watched the social uh, not the social network uh, social the social dilemma mm-hmm. on Monday, and I've been on Facebook for a total of about five minutes just to tra- check like <laughs> my notifications, notifications and see if there's anything urgent. Notifs. 
I haven't scrolled my timeline or done anything because that thing terrified me. Required watching for everybody. Social dilemma, man. Holy shit. They're programming all of us and you have no power to combat it. If you take nothing from this podcast, take that. Yep, it's uh, terrifying is a good way to put it. Anyway, happier notes. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.